Well, since I'm back on sugar, I might as well open these two. Well, that's not sugar. That's sour. That's the opposite. <laughs> so it counters all the sugar. You're, you're okay. Oh, it's the it's the pH to my my acidity. Yes. I've been told I have base interests. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Sneaky Dragon. My name is David Dedrick. And, uh, hey, wait, I'm back. <laughs> yes. What happened? Such good news. Did Jason get canceled? What did he Jason. say last week? He said some stuff? <laughs> Did he tell the truth? He told, yeah. He it? let it. He let it all hang out. Oh, it so turns sorry. out. Turns out uh, you shouldn't do that. Okay, fair enough. Just uh, keep it all inside. Yeah, and learn how keep to your th- hide keep your, your feelings. <laughs> keep your thoughts. He'd sing that better than me because he is a musician and he has a, yeah. a singing voice that he, can hit yep. the notes that he intends to. Whereas <laughs> w- for us, it's dumb luck. <laughs> I would put myself slightly. I think choir has helped me mm-hmm. quite a bit. Can you read music? I can read, I can read, ah, it's hard to explain. So uh, some... You can read, period. I can, I can so read. you assume that it <laughs> assume translates music. Is it to music, music the as same? well, right? It's yeah, all the yeah. same. It's all the same. If music uh, be the food of love, uh, <laughs> I can read. Read on. Yeah. I can, I can, um, I can read some notes. So there's some notes I know what note I should be singing for that note. There's other notes that I'm very vague on exactly what note that would be. And... To somewhere there's like a sweet spot as a tenor singer where there's like particular notes that you sing a lot. I have no idea what those notes are though because it's the bass clef, which okay, I don't know. Right. I learned, you know, I played trumpet, so I. And to be honest with you, I was going to say I learned the treble clef. I learned that a long time ago. I have no idea what that. You know, every good boy deserves fudge or whatever the yeah. mnemonic device is for all cows eat grass. Um, so, but so when I see like the note there, I'm like, oh, this that's this is the note I should sing for that. Right. For about three notes. And then it's like all, you know, guesswork after that. When I used to do musicals, community musicals, we would, it'd be like, say I'd be cast in Babes in Toyland and I was Simple Simon, which now I look back on and go, that's insulting. Um, <laughs> to all Simons everywhere. Yeah, I think it was uh, where I got my first concussion was in that because a, a house, literally a house fell on me during a show. Like, f- yeah, it went forward and just like, and now again, it's just. Yeah. Basically, it's you thought you were Buster Keaton. Yeah, basically, it's Buster Turns Keaton you... <laughs> without the uh, without the window, without the careful planning. Yeah, that was basically it. Uh, and it was on the other side of a um, curtain, so the audience just saw a curtain kind of bulge forward as like a house hits me in the head. <laughs> so it wasn't head. even on during the show. It, it like... was during the show. Yeah, but they didn't see it happen. Well, they just saw the curtain kind of move. This is the yeah. weird thing that you it's will get when you do almost any show is like something will happen on stage mm-hmm. like like a dog will attack you or some <laughs> shit like yeah, that yeah, yeah. and then afterwards you'll go oh my god that dog attacked me and the people who uh, watched you went what they saw nothing yeah, i guess they were looking somewhere else they're or... looking somewhere else yeah, or yeah. they just thought it was part of the show sure, and yeah, so yeah. just absorbed it anyway <laughs> so what would happen would be i'd be doing these musicals so you uh, you audition for the musical and you sing mm-hmm. whatever little song you uh, oh. you know for me daring young man on the flying trapeze Okay. Quite often. Because sure. for some reason, I could hit all those notes and it mm. gave the illusion that I could sing. And you thought you were Clark Gable. Did he sing that? In the, It Happened One Night. Ah. They sing it on the bus. I have not seen that yet. You've never seen that movie? I have not. That is like... Why don't we have our voices go up very high? <laughs> I'm very surprised. I've seen many movies, but I have not seen that one. You're correct. It's, just so, it's such a seminal film. It's like the beginning of... How much semen is it? R- romantic comedies kind okay, of start Okay, so there, it's yeah. like... It takes place at a sperm bank. It does. It's a seminal movie. <laughs> it's not what seminal means, but okay. All right, very good. <laughs> 
I guess it kind of means that because it would mean like the originator. So I guess semen is the originator. Mm -hmm. One of them. How about the bad seed? Does that take place in a sperm bank? It does as well. Yes. Okay. Uh, so uh, so anyway, sing my my song. Yeah. And then they go, oh, this guy can sing. Uh, and so, uh, first day of rehearsals, they hand out sheet music with, uh, all the music on it and the lyrics. And I look at it like, I don't know. <laughs> you might as well tell me we're doing the show in German. Like, I don't know. Sure, sure. So I'm going to just listen to everyone else yeah. and kind of try and figure it out. And if there's a part that I've got that's solo, good luck on me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, actually, as a choir, we're, we're at a place now where there's no one who has to learn by ear. So I guess I do kind of know what I'm doing because I don't have to, like before the um, choir director would have to play like each note individually mm -hmm. for some people so they could like figure out what their part was supposed to be. And then they would kind of learn by memory what they should sing. Right. So the notes were meaningless to them. They just learned, they just, you know, had the words on the page and then they just memorized what the, what the tune was, what the mm -hmm. notes they were singing. And so we're kind of past, we're, we have no one like that now. And so it, we can learn really quickly as a choir. So... You know, if our choir director kind of throws something at us, says, oh, we're going to do an anthem in three weeks, we can do it. Yeah. We can do it now. That's, you know, it's only going to be two practices or, you know, before we have to do it. But that's, uh, we can do that now. So it's kind of, it's it's nice. It's nice to have that kind of skill level. There was we're small yet mighty. Yeah. I, I mean, I was, I was, it's nice to be uh, overestimated rather than underestimated. Mm. That's a nice thing. So, you know, when they gave the sheet music, I was like, oh, that's nice. They think that I can do this. <laughs> uh, it was, but, you know, where it gets to be a problem is things like, and I've mentioned this before probably, with dancing. It was like, okay, we're going to like do a da 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 da, then step ball change, then over here, then this, this, this. Yeah. And be, uh, what's step ball change? <laughs> You know, step ball change. Okay, yeah. you saying, you know. Oh, you're right. I do know. I was just making up that I didn't know sure, what step sure. ball change is. Yeah. And can I, ask, uh, can I ask what that is? What step ball change? Yeah. Yeah. You're you're stepping. Yeah. And then it involves the ball of your feet. Uh -huh. And then uh, I could actually do, I could do the little dance number for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. It's just a real basic dance move. So sort of I, like a crossover, almost in a way. He's going to demonstrate it for me. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of a crossover. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's basically that. Uh, the, the, the weird thing was, uh, like, earlier this week, I should warm up before I do one of those. Uh, earlier this do week, some I was, someone put a thing online saying, oh, boy, the 70s. And uh, it was a little musical number with Liberace. Okay. And Liberace was, uh, was, was doing, I think it was like some Simon and Garfunkel, like, you know, hey there, lamppost, what you know when? Sure, the 59th Street Bridge yeah, song. That, there you go. And so it was like, uh, you know, about him, uh, I want to be a flower child, yeah. And then he gets up to do a dance number, and yeah. it's step all change. He's just doing that, yeah, yeah. that one move. Sure, sure. And then he sits back down. He was a piano player. He wasn't really a dancer, so. But, you know, back then you had to do it all. Yeah. You had to act. You had to sing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You had to dance. He probably could do uh, card tricks. Mm -hmm. I bet, like, if you, uh, <laughs> if you like, Preston. gave him a gun, he could yeah. shoot something off your head, mm -hmm. probably. That's where his brother George went. Mm -hmm. didn't, the act didn't work out with the, the shooting at Apple, if someone said. Oh, he wished his brother George was here. <laughs> well, he always did after that incident. Yeah. So anyway, I was like overestimated again with, uh, <laughs> you know, you know these dance moves. And let's just say, and then you do a blah, blah, blah. Now we're going to get into a second position. Well, yeah. dude, why, why do you think I took ballet? Like, I didn't take ballet. <laughs> later in, uh, later sure. in uh, college, I would take a little dance. Okay. And I would learn what second position was. Which is? Harder than first position. <laughs> Twice as difficult. Is that right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Then they incrementally go up uh, more difficult. They're like earthquakes. Mm. It's like the Richter scale. It's yeah. like uh, uh, three is twice as hard as two. No, anyway, it's just your feet kind of separate. I could do it again, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to get up and, and, and demonstrate more dance moves for you. Yeah. Yeah. So listen, yeah, for the same reason that I, I love someone like Buster Keaton or Charlie Chaplin or Harold Lloyd, I love uh, ballet like, I love, or dance. Sure. Because to me, that's just also like great physical ability you were never forced to go to a sister's recital i can tell that (laughs) that's where the love of ballet got sucked away from me well yeah because that's i'm talking about like professional professional ballet uh, (laughs) except for yeah i remember like uh okay so i'm a a young kid i don't know how uh, i'm under 10 sure and perfect age for ballet the most boring time of the year is having to see my sister's ballet recital Mm -hmm. like just painfully boring sure except they're always like the uh, the girls of the older girls, a little, little older. Yeah. You know, and again, I'm under 10. Sure. So take this for with the grain of salt <laughs> yes. that it is. Uh, and they would sing, uh, they would not sing, they would dance uh, to uh, uh, Flight of the Bumblebee, mm. which would then uh, turn into Taste of Honey by Herb Albert. Wow. And uh, Quite a... I dug it. <laughs> I dug it a lot. Yeah. Like I like seeing them dance and mm-hmm. kind of a little bit sexy and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Once again, I'm under 10. Whatever the equivalent of that is, just feelings sure, were like, sure. this interests me. Mm-hmm. And then back to the normal. Dun, ding, dun, dun, ding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, I'm sure that's pretty awful. But um, since I never experienced that. Yeah, you enjoy it. I enjoy ballet. Yep. I enjoy, and I enjoy, I enjoy modern dance as well, not just ballet. Like I, I even like stuff like we went to a show one time and it was the dancers were dancing to a, a narration on a tape recorder. Like an, how do you mean? Someone just speaking. They were like, dancing just to words. Yeah, it was amazing. They couldn't afford music. I think that was the. I think that was the, the dance. Uh, I saw the best minds of my generation. Sure, and then be, like, it was more. It was more. Um, just like very. Um, like it wasn't a poem or anything. It was just someone talking. Oh, nice. Like telling a story or. I do, li- I do like dance. Or whatever. Yeah. But then they were dancing to the rhythm of the... And it was, a ra- it was amazing. I'm still a little tempted. Uh, the, ta- the Vancouver Tap Dance Society is just down the street from me. Okay. And they give lessons. And sure. I am tempted to uh, take a couple lessons in tap dance. Mm. Yeah. I took a little of it again in college. And it was, it was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. There, it was not step ball change. That was like <laughs> shuffle ball something. Sure. Shuffle ball step. Shuffle ball step. And that was, that was interesting. You had to really get a loose leg uh, going. But uh, eventually I kind of did. And it was uh, it's, it's interesting. It's a little interesting. Yeah. 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 I can't do a lot of stretchy stretch. I'm not the most flexible person in the world. So anything uh, ballet-ish and that. But uh, tap. Seemed to be a unflexible uh, man's uh, <laughs> uh, dance. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I could do a little uh, Buddy Ebsen. Maybe I could do a little flippity flappity. Uh, yes, he was Dick an ec- he was an eccentric dancer. That's what he was described as. Not just him, but like those kind of people yeah. who danced in that style were eccentric dancers. So they didn't dance in a particular beautiful way or like no like fred astaire and adele astaire when they were together but how about like a jimmy cagney or something like that that guy sure a little tough guy dance like tuck, 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 tuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah that kind of stuff interests yeah, me yeah. yeah 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 you can see him dance in uh yankee doodle dandy yeah, it just feels like George everyone back then if you were a performer 
you would have like the skills to do the extra stuff like mm-hmm. that, like you know, yeah. Uh, hey, dance, all right. And so when you go on a variety show like a Carol Burnett show, yeah, uh, you're able to uh, be in the musical number. It all <laughs> looks uh, fine. I guess it's the old-fashioned equivalent of people being in like a bunch of bands now. You know, like nowadays you can't just be in one band; you have to be in, like five different bands. And maybe one of those bands will make it, or maybe not. But at least with five of them, you can kind of find enough gigs around town to yeah. to make a go of it. It's weird when I see uh, Saturday Night Live. And they got such a big cast. And they do so many musical numbers. And um, all the performers can sing. Mm. Yet whenever you hear the stories of the auditions for Saturday Night Live, that's never part of it. <laughs> it's, it's you know, do three, uh, three uh, impressions and mm. then do two characters. And you'll all do this within five minutes. But they never go, can you carry a tune? Let's, let's start up the old... Uh, piano and let's see and they they don't but like everyone can mm. and it's like do you just assume that is that just good luck yeah yeah I wonder. yeah that's interesting actually uh, that's pretty that's a fairly new part of the show actually the singing yeah well i mean in the original cast you know you'd have uh you know belushi and Aykroyd warming mm-hmm. up the crowd as the yeah, blues that's brothers true. that's true yeah but you don't oh and you'd also have all the three women they would uh do musical numbers as kind of you know, Andrew sisters types and they would do forgot about harmony. That. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's right. I forgot about that. And, and Garrett Morris would do, you know, the old in. man river, <laughs> you know, he had some pipes on him too. I guess it was sort of bred early in the show. Cause it's not really something you think about through most of the cast times, but, uh, I guess it, it happened now and then. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole, like, uh, the, uh, fake folk group from a mighty wind was started on Saturday night live as a, as a bit. So, yeah. I guess. Was that where it, where it began? Yeah. There were, when Christopher Guest was the on. Happy Want, not the Happy Wanderers. That was uh, SCTV. Uh, oh, what the heck what, I can't what was their name? Yeah, I can't remember their call. But yeah, they did it as like a a fake kind of mini documentary on one episode. Was I guess, this before uh, Spinal Tap? Or well, this is when Christopher Guest was on the show. So I think that was after Spinal Tap. Okay, Harry Shearer was on. Harry Shearer was on twice. He yeah. was on that one season that yeah. was the Dick Ebersol season with yeah. Martin Short and Billy Crystal. But he also was on the show years before with the kind of the original cast mm. as well, every so often. So I think, so I guess Michael McKean was the guest. And so they did a, mm-hmm. they did this. And he'd later thing. become a cast member. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I can't remember exactly when it was in the... I think that was after Spinal Tap then. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, but I remember uh, something that they used to do when they were touring a Spinal Tap was they would have uh, whatever that band was mm. uh, be the opening act, <laughs> but not tell anyone yeah, and yeah. not tell anyone it was them. Yeah, yeah. So they'd come out and they'd do the, all right, we're going to do our songs for you now. <laughs> boo! And they'd do, oh, there's no need to boo. We, and they do their number. And some people would like clue in and some yeah, people yeah. Would, oh, you. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's like um, kind of like Tenacious D having uh, – Neil Hamburg. Neil Hamburg were open for them. But yeah. having it be the same performers that you love. I know, that's, that's the best know, part of it, for like, sure. And, and the songs are good. Like, yeah. that's the other thing, too. It's like, they're not coming out and doing shitty songs. They're just doing songs that are completely wrong mm. for the environment. Yeah. Ah, yeah. so good. <laughs> Why do I want to say Wanderers? Nah, what the hell was their, what was hell was their name? Nah, I know, I love that, I love that band. I love both those bands very much. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh. The folk band was it. It was great because it was just so spot on. I guess that was the same with Spinal Tap, but the um, the folk one seemed even more like it just seemed even more like it, so acutely observed of, of that style. You know, what the was Pete the name? Seeger. Nigel Tufnell was yes, that the name? Okay, that's one of them. so and I probably asked you this trivia before. 
Where was Nigel Tufnell's first television appearance? So Christopher Guest as Nigel Tufnell. That's correct. That is my question to you. It was on American television. On American television? Was, where Where was his first was American it, television appearance? I, I want to it say, was with Michael McKean. I was going to want to say Laverne and Shirley. You're very close. Uh, not quite close enough? But you're you're so close that I'm going to turn over all Chiverne the cards. and Lurley? Um, Lenny and the Squigtones was a band that <laughs> okay. was on Laverne and Shirley. Yeah. So yes, Nigel Tufnell would later appear as Nigel Tufnell okay. in Laverne and Shirley. Okay. But his first appearance was uh, on American Bandstand because they had Lenny and the Squigtones. Okay. And then they introduced <laughs> the band afterwards and Nigel Tufnell was one of the characters. Huh. Huh. Yeah. So and did he look like Jeff Beck at that time as well? Uh, I, thought no. was, I, thought that, I thought that was the look he was going for. I was don't Jeff know. Beck. I don't really remember. Hmm. But I went down a rabbit hole one day uh, with Lenny and the Squig Tones because they came out with an album. Mm. And I thought, oh, this is going to be a stinkeroo. <laughs> and the songs were good. And yeah. then it was like, uh, it linked me uh, on YouTube to their appearances on Laverne and Shirley where they actually would perform. And the songs were good and weird. Hmm. There's a Christmas song hmm. that's really good. And yeah, they, uh, of course, uh, Christopher Guest and Michael McKeon, uh, with Harry Shearer used to be a part of a group called the Credibility Gap. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they would do musical sketches and regular sketches as well. So they already were kind of yeah. in that scene. They had yeah. the chops. They came loaded for bear. And didn't, so did the guy who played Squeaky, whose name I don't know, David something? David Lander. Did he come out of like, uh, the Groundlings or something? I think he was also, oh, that's a good question. David, I want to say it's David S. Lander, but that means David Slander. That can't be right. <laughs> yeah. Who um, was also in uh, Twin Peaks. He was also in uh, David Lynch's uh, sitcom. On the air. That's right. Yeah. Which, uh, was, which was... But they were connected. They did actually sketches a, around a, the same time. Despite what anyone ever has ever said about it, it's actually a good show. I don't think people say anything about it. I know. I don't think anyone remembers it. But it was a good show. It's the kind of show that you're like, why isn't that on Tubi? Like in a world where there's infinite streaming, where's that show? Like why isn't, at least Shout Television should have. And then, I mean, Shout is on Tubi. So if you want to watch anything that's Shout related, they're the guys who put out like the Mystery Science Theater stuff. But they also do a lot of kind of cult uh, TV shows and movies and things as well. And yeah, why isn't that? I, I know David... David M owns it, but on Laserdisc, it's never come out on DVD that I know of. So, uh, and this is probably like a Japanese on one. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Did it have a commentary track? Did it I do don't remember that part of it. Sorry, I only watched the shows themselves. I never watched uh, the commentary. If there was commentary, it was interesting. I entered Lenny and Squiggy, and the first thing that came up was Lenny and the Squeak Tones. Probably because you looked for it before. No, I haven't actually. I'm... Oh, you know. Oh, yeah. I thought you said you were. Yeah, the search. album the the album they put out is now a collector's item, partly because of the guitar work of Christopher Guest, mm. who performed under the name Nigel Tufnell. <laughs> Neat, but uh, David Lander that's his David that Lander, is his okay. name. Yeah, interesting. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, they perform parodies of 1950s rock ballads like Night After Night, Creature Without a Head, and in between there's tracks of Shtick and Banter, So's Your Old Testament, and uh, Babyland. Okay, well, got to give that a, a, a listen. Sure, it's on, I'm sure it's available on YouTube. I got to meet Michael McKean uh, real briefly. Uh, my friend, um, uh, my friend Dean, 
uh, had a TV show called The Lone Gunman, and he was one mm-hmm. of the reoccurring characters because he was a character in X Files. I see. He was an actual man in Man in Black. Okay. On the uh, X Files, and did a couple, did some really good episodes. There's an episode where he swaps bodies with um, David Duchovny. Okay. Yeah, and Nora Dunn is his wife, and uh, oh, it's good. Mm. It's a really good episode. It's one of the later episodes, so people kind of forget about it, but. Ah, oh, so so tasty, uh, but yeah, I, I he introduced me, and it was one of those like I can't talk to you. You're I'm just too big a fan to talk to you. This is ridiculous. Uh, but he was uh, very briefly very nice, and then he had to go do something. And uh, nowadays he likes uh, my jokes on Twitter, and I go, uh, this is wrong. <laughs> this is uh, I can't I can't take this. I guess the only good part of uh, Elon Musk's Twitter. Is I, that you still get to, to you, kind of go back and forth with people? You still get to talk. To, you still get Michael McKean liking your jokes. Um, there, there was a thing. I, go I, ahead. I shopped beside Nora Dunn one time. Oh, what was at, that like? How'd at it go? HMV, or maybe it was Virgin Megastore then. Whatever is that the the old the old record store? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Virgin. It was either Virgin or HMV at that point, and uh, yeah, I just kind of like looked side side glance at this person who was quite close to me and she's a pretty tall lady mm-hmm. and uh, i was like oh that's nora dunn very beautiful mm-hmm. like really beautiful mm-hmm. one of those people that you see on tv and you're like oh that she's good looking and then you meet her real life oh yeah, yeah oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is gorgeous tv woman. average looking is real life <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah so uh that's interesting um i'm this this ties in to two things actually I felt like there was something between us oh did you yeah it was a shelf of records Oh, okay. Very right, good. Right between. No, I know. She actually wanted to be where I was, so I had to. I moved. I shuffled down a bit, and then she she looked. And you went done and done. And then <laughs> like, ah, what's your name? And uh, that's my anyway, interaction. Uh, yeah, she was. Uh, she, she was one of. I'm trying to remember the other person. But I think there was like maybe it was just her who like uh, boycotted the Andrew Dice Clay episode of Saturday Night Live. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. They did a thing in a sketch uh, off the top where she was like crushed by a car. And so it couldn't be in the show. <laughs> a little mean. Uh, you know, but, yeah, you know, yeah. history will judge. Um, what, That's uh, curious, because that has one of the best Saturday Night Live sketches, that, uh, that episode. The Andrew Dice Clay one? Yeah. What was it? The, um, the um, It's a Wonderful Life one where they go and, go and kill Mr. Potter. Yeah, it's a pretty good sketch. And that is the Andrew Dice Clay one, I'm pretty sure. So Interesting. Okay. But does not involve Andrew Dice Clay in any way, shape, or form. I guess not. I don't remember now. Nope. Okay. Yeah, you're like, oh, who's the, who's the name of the actor who plays uh, Mr. Potter? Like, I know in like in real life, like in uh, John Barrymore, not John Barrymore, but uh, uh, Lionel Bar- Lionel Barrymore. Yeah, Lionel sorry. Barrymore. Uh, oh yeah, John Lovitz is born to play Lionel Barrymore. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those where it just lines up beautifully. Where you're just like, oh, Dana Carvey. Yeah, he's he's great. Uh, you know, yeah, uh, he can do Jimmy Stewart. Stewart. Okay. Yeah, oh yeah, Lionel. Bar- oh yeah, geez. Like, I just want to see more of these guys doing this. This mm. is great. So and and such a great concept and simple and to the point and then gets out yeah. before it like takes up too much time yeah ah, good well done everybody <laughs> um, but speaking of Saturday Night Live this was something I wanted to uh, oh, okay. discuss yeah okay uh, so it all links in so beautifully because when you said Nora Dunn was nice mm. I was like you know what uh, well, I, I never met I, her to talk to her I just said she was beautiful but... she came by theater sports once and she was quite nice mm. you know who came by theater sports was not quite nice. Uh, was Victoria Jackson. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, that's too bad. She's very uh, little sharp and a little... Uh, you know, Interesting, bossy. because uh, she gets a lot of praise from pe- people who worked with her on Saturday Night Live on, on Fly on the Wall. She sure does. She gets a lot of praise from them. Um, Just as someone who was very game and very 
willing yes. to like you know work Correct. with Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> yeah, you're you're you're, you're right. Uh, but uh, on Twitter yesterday, uh, a former guest of the show, uh, Gail Simone, mm. uh, put up a little video of Victoria Jackson. She was talking at some town hall, and it was like an anti you know trans thing and anti gay mm. thing, mm. and you know she was talking about how God hates pride. Because, you know, these are the sin of pride. And it's like, well, that's not what the pride movement means. <laughs> Words can mean... You see how other meanings in the dictionary. Uh, but she oh, was... Dear. But Gail's question was, uh, what happened here? Like, mm. why are there, like, this uh, seemingly fairly large amount of Saturday Night Live uh, performers like a Dennis Miller or a Rob Snyder or a Jim Brewer uh, or a Dennis Quaid, even though he was just one season, uh, who just seem to take this real right-wing turn mm. and uh what uh what is the cause of it huh. you know and um i i have a little bit of a theory of it okay i don't want to just like set myself up for an answer <laughs> you, that i've got you pretty well. here but how about if but I, I'm, I'm open if to i ask you what do you think we... uh what do you think well you know tell me your theory and then i'll my the- i'll chime in my theory is this i think that saturday night live and i've been listening to a lot of uh fly on the wall that's a and that's a problem it's a little bit yeah <laughs> <laughs> I haven't listened. I haven't listened for a long time. I just find it so frustrating that I. It can be. I want to throw my phone out the window. I think that Saturday Night Live uh, messes up performers because mm. they do because because you can never have that same experience again. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think a lot of them, you know, it's that you're you're live, you're relevant, mm. uh, you get that moment of. You know, like a live audience just cheering because you're like saying this catchphrase. Yeah. You know, it's, it's something you can, you can't, even if you move on to a sitcom, you're not going to get that again. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get that from a movie. Yeah. You know, um, uh, to, and then you hear like Dana Carvey and David Spade and you think like these two have probably moved on with their lives, especially David Spade. He's yeah. had a successful sitcom career. He's more successful after leaving Saturday Night Live. Than right. But you get like, I'm betting that Dana Carvey has, dough in the bank and he's okay mm-hmm. you know uh but yeah you're right that was his like high point for sure um and i think he he acknowledges that i mean i think again, he, ag- he can't get that that thing back like yeah, yeah what he was on saturday night live there's no other place for it there's even no in the dana it, no. carvey show <laughs> you don't get that yeah yeah so so i think there's all these performers that once they're done with that uh, they they become just character actors, mm. and they never get that, and they're chasing that high. Now, if you go to a right wing rally, yeah, and you say something, you know, about like anti vax, but everyone or, agrees with you. Everyone cheers. Mm. Everyone agrees with you. Yeah. Everyone, if you make the slightest joke, you're you're the funniest person in the world because no one yeah. else there is funny. Yeah. And I think that's the closest, that's the methadone, mm. uh, you know, that's the closest thing to the drug of Saturday Night Live that you can get. So I could see how, you know, uh, they would just get hooked on it. Sure. I think Dennis Miller's a little bit different, uh, but I think some of the others, yeah, that, I think that that might be it. Why I could see how it's so addictive to uh, to these folks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a drug they can't get they can't never never get back to. No, that's a good and that's a, chasing the dragon. It is a good it is a good point and I think there's that there's that aspect of it and also the aspect of, you know, being this opportunists like, you know, you need to work if you if you, you know, aim yourself towards this audience, you have this guaranteed, you know, block of people who will be interested in you, you know. Mm-hmm. And you kind of you know, consciously or unconsciously, you start sort of mining into that. I don't think Victoria Jackson's that way. I think Victoria Jackson's is someone who has probably has some issues 
you know, in her life, maybe from her past or whatever that, you know, she's found answers for. She's found comfort in things that uh, also believe things that are terrible. So, you know, you have to... Uh, yeah, believing that, you know, Obama's a Muslim terrorist. Yeah. Writing songs about this. And yeah. Like, okay, do you really believe this? Mm. Or... Yeah, know, I think she's... I, I think she's easily convinced. Mm-hmm. I think, And there are some people there that I think are susceptible to, you know, yes. people convincing The them. same way that there's people who are susceptible who aren't famous, who are susceptible oh, sure. to these... You know, kind of conspiracy theories or these these ways of of thinking that automatically make you more interesting than other people. You know, and also if you feel like you're smart, but you also feel like people think you're dumb, and maybe Victoria Jackson has that feeling. She's like a, has a little girl voice. She's small. She's a woman. She's had all these sort of things against her, right. and how people are going to approach her or think of her. You know, and so something that automatically elevates you above other people because now you have the secret that they don't know. You know, and these fools, don't they understand what's really happening? I know, you know, this kind of confirms your opinion of yourself. Right. Against what other people think of you. you know? Yeah, you're and not so, the dumb one. They're not the, the dumb one. Yeah, you're not the uninteresting person. Now you're interesting. You know, all these sort of things that come with this. Yeah. And and I think that goes with people who are outside of outside of celebrity or who have never had celebrity in their lives, but feel that way, feel like they've been neglected or not misunderstood or whatever. And, oh, here's this thing that... You know, oh, you don't understand. Oh, you don't realize what Bill 36 means? You idiots. Mm-hmm. It's taking away our freedom. Yeah. What freedom? Well, you look it up. Do the research. You'll understand. Watch this video. It's a three-hour video. Yeah. Can you give me like the... When at the end of their talks, they go, you've <laughs> got to watch this video by blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Sum it up. <laughs> I know. That's... Give us the gist. Can you tell us in three You're minutes? You're a performer. <laughs> Yeah, I can't do it justice. It's four hours long. Yeah, yeah. I think someone like a Dennis Miller is a little bit different in that. I think uh, there's there are comedians that are. I at, think he's a bit of an opportunist too. But well, possibly, yeah. I think at the at, at uh, he was nice to me. Um, <laughs> he you seems know. perfectly nice. It's just I, sure. I we, we don't agree with what he thinks. If if that's what he thinks, <laughs> um, there are there are some. Comedians, I think that at their core are contrarians, mm. and you know, you say, mm. "Don't touch the hot stove." Their whole, mm-hmm. you know, show is going to be them on a hot stove. So, you know, there's that, and if they feel that society is saying one thing, they're going to get onto the other side of that issue just because that is their nature, and mm-hmm. that is where they find the comedy. Uh, and and yeah, I mean, Miller Miller's, you know, said he became more conservative after nine eleven. Because, you know, he, he felt like Bush was, you know, trying to help people and people were still making fun of him and like to hell with that, mm. you know, and, blah, 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 and like, okay, you know, and all the other comedians are doing this. So you're doing that. All right. I can sort of see where you're going with that. I don't agree with it, but yep. All right. <laughs> makes sense. But then, yeah. yeah, then when you're on the Bill O'Reilly show, it's just like, well, yeah. you know, this guy's a piece of shit. Yeah. You know, so, you know, but then but this I guess is the bed you've made and this is the road you're I on. I guess that's and, it. But if you're in show business... You work with sacks of shit all over the place. Right. People that people don't even know that they're sacks of shit. You know, people who present a particular polished image that, you know, they know, but we don't know, you know? So mm-hmm. you just don't know what, you know, there's a certain amount of sure. cynicism, I think, that goes in, goes with that stuff. Whether it's Bill O'Reilly or whatever, it's, I need to make money. Yep. I used to live in a basement suite with a dirt floor. I don't want to go back there. So if it takes working on the Bill O'Reilly show and to not live in a basement seat with the dirt floor, I'm all for it. And I've, tr- I've tried like watching Miller as well, you know, because like 
the majority of his stuff isn't political. Mm. He, it is like comedy, comedy. Yeah. And so you're watching. It's like, oh, yeah, it's just not there anymore. No, I don't think so. Know? Yeah, I agree with you. And and again, I think like his problem is he set such a tone. It was almost the Letterman type thing. Yeah. Where you set the tone that everyone follows. So now you're doing it, and it seems hackneyed, even though you invented it. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. You sound like yourself, and we're about three decades past yeah. what you are. Yeah, he hasn't so. changed. He hasn't changed at all. And you know, we like like where stand up comedy is now is so different, so different from where it was thirty years ago. You know, yeah, that's on Netflix. <laughs> not just in terms of like that. I just mean like in terms of like content. You know, what people talk about, how, how much they reveal about themselves, how earnest it can be at times. You know, that's all alien to someone like Dennis Miller. You know, his is entirely a a very cold persona of, you know, of, you know, that's not, you know, he's not revealing anything about himself in, in his jokes besides. Being, yeah, the distant, he's the distant commenter. Yeah. You know, yeah. making sarcastic comments about yeah. things. And that's all. That's not, I mean, it's fine-ish, but it doesn't really, it's not really relevant anymore. Right. And you really date yourself by, by that approach. I'm a big, I'm a big fan of mystery science theater. Uh, and, uh, I think that's time has passed as well. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, you've got to adjust what you're doing, like making sarcastic comments. That's not enough yeah. anymore. It used to be. Yeah. And now it's not. But and even, it's just, and, and there's nothing wrong with it. It's just time has changed. Well, I'm sure you, when Jason was on the show, I mentioned there was an episode of MSU Science Theater where they're making fun of, uh, truck farming and industrial film about truck farming, about, yeah. you know, farming and shipping out your vegetables and, and but I also mentioned like they would make you know things were making fun of like you know having dinner with your parents or having dinner with a family and stuff like that you know yeah. these sort of things that were meant to like set up what a family should be like and what is good and blah 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 and they would make fun of it and I would watch them and I'd be like what's wrong with having dinner with your family like why are they making fun of this I don't understand you know or like go on your first date but and I'd be watching it at home with the girls and with Lisa and I'd be. I'd be watching. I don't understand. Like, why are they making fun of this? These are good. This is good advice. <laughs> oh, father! <laughs> like, so yeah, you're right. Like, the irony of it just didn't work for me. Like, I I like when they make fun of a of a silly movie and they're just making jokes about the movie. But when they're making fun of like making fun of stuff like that, where it's just about like uh, I don't know how to say it, but you know, it's just about like good advice or like yeah. you know like oh this is so silly like these movies that would, or these little movies that would tell people i could, I could, I could see like you know making fun of the fact that they're all white people you know and it's obviously like 50s when it was very yeah. much a mono culture and everything like that sure that's that's me you can comment on but the idea that you know the nuclear family is like essentially a bad thing and that you know let's make fun of this ha 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 how silly i'm just like no it's if it, it nice. depends to me like what's yeah it's it's like okay, if if you know if the whole world is that kind of 1950s vibe, <laughs> and then this is the way everyone should be, and that's what's being presented. Yeah. Then you want a Mad Magazine, or you oh, want sure. a Mystery Science sure. to go like, yeah. But Dad's dying inside mm -hmm. yeah. and just wants to hit the sauce and do the <laughs> like. Gotcha. But yeah, but yeah. if you're coming at it from you know it's whatever it's the 1990s mm. and you know hey man nothing fucking matters you know <laughs> blah, 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 blah. and it's like okay then is this the target for you yeah or is the target whatever it is now that everyone's like everything's blah, 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 blah. maybe that's the thing that we should be making fun of is this loosey goosiness right now yeah, yeah. I don't know maybe. Yes. Make fun of the biggest thing. That that seems like mm -hmm. fish barrel blam. But 
of course, the uh, that one with the kids' rodeo is so great that I can forgive all the other small films that they made fun of just to have mm-hmm. that one. And Mr. B Natural is also very oh good. yes, that's also really good. <laughs> A musical instrument selling, and there's also that one where they have the the promotional film for for selling like Do- Dodge cars or Ford cars or whatever. Do you remember mm-hmm. that one? And it's like I think so. Yeah, it's like Bert. You know. The, uh, Hire, is that hired or is it sales? I can't remember. It's some called. sales one. It was it's a sales also one, yeah. Hired is really good. Yeah. But this is like, you know, Bert, uh, the Johnsons bought their car a year ago. I think it's time you went over there and told them it's time they bought a new car. <laughs> it's like, what? They only had a car a year and they're supposed to buy a new car? How did people keep up with each other? Oh, my God. What a what a stressful time. All hey, this status disposable seeking. income. Yeah, I know. You know, this house is getting smelly. Boo! <laughs> Burn it down. <laughs> Why yeah, it's not? It's so weird. Like, this is the mere idea of, like, a, a car a year old. Time to get them and buy a new one. Go out there and tell them to, gee whiz. Mm-hmm. What a what a culture. <laughs> big, big mess. Everything's a big, big mess now. This is why we need uh, Mad Magazine back then. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry to hear about the the passing of Al Jaffe. Yeah, 102. I mean, here's the thing. When you get you to that to kind of stage, it's hard to go like, <laughs> you know, do they suspect murder? <laughs> Where was Sergio Aragonis at the time? Uh, yes. I mean, that was uh, that was just a life well lived. You know, up until like age 99, he was still delivering uh, these cartoons by hand. Well, the fold-ins, which were oil paintings. They were oil paintings. Close your mind. Yeah. And, you know, everyone knows those. Everyone knows snappy answers to stupid questions. And he did so much other stuff. But also, like, uh, I just, you know, we'll never have another invention of how to get dog poo off the sidewalk. (laughs) There's an unlimited number of Al Jaffe gimmick or devices to to remove dog poo. Uh, It must have been a real problem in New York at one point. (laughs) Um, I guess the first time we went to Paris, there was a lot of dog poo on the sidewalk. Sure was. But when I went, when we went there, for instance, uh, besides the dog poo stealing wallets on the, uh, <laughs> the on the in the metro, there is no there, there is no like noticeable. Interesting, you know, it's a sort of different. It's a different place, obviously. No smoking in the cafes and things, and then also, yeah. uh, and also, I, I don't remember the police before having like the gigantic. Oh, guns. I remember that. Did they have that the first? When we time went you with went? the girls, not when the first time when Lisa and I went, but when we went with the girls, that's when you first time I noticed like the clear. Uh, garbage bags hanging. They no longer have like enclosed garbage oh, yeah, cans yeah. because they can have a bomb Terrorism, in them. Yeah. And then so they have these clear plastic garbage bags hanging from little hoops on the on the lampposts. And then yes, the very very armed policemen, which I'd never noticed in the street. I don't think it was that a, a, a railroad station, railroad a railway station, the train station. The first time I noticed that guy, like guys with the with the submachine gun say holy cow yeah they need to have two yeah they still couldn't help the people at well uh, that's the thing they they need (laughs) to have like two police stations at the at the metro or what have you uh you need to have the one which is those guys yeah you know when terrorism breaks out they're (laughs) gi joe and they're out and they have an attack helicopter sure and you need to have one station there just like Quel dommage. And it's just a, <laughs> it's, just a it's just a sad clown police officer who'll give you a balloon yeah. and shrug his shoulders and like play his accordion for you and just look so sad. Yeah, it just that would be nice to have actually. Yeah. It is it is hard. Like, would I you mentioned- like to sing Frere Jaco with the clown? <laughs> that would be a hard job. I was just thinking because I mentioned before the show started that um, the girls are are having to leave their their uh, basement suite they've been in for the last couple of years because the owners. Senna's moving back from Calgary, of all Boo. places. Boo, indeed. And uh, Mary 
this is probably like her fifth place she's lived in since she's left home. Okay. So she's an old hand at this, but this was Eve's first place and she loved, loves it. And she loved, she loves it so much. It's been her, like yeah, her it's, own it's place. Home. She yeah. made it to her own place. She bought, yeah. she was so excited about getting it. She like, she, she bought like a new dresser and she bought a bed and she did all these things before she even moved in. She had bought, found a couch and all these things on, on you know, through Facebook marketplace, et cetera. Yeah. And uh, just really, and you know, she's a really good shopper, so she found it all really nice, you know, much, much nicer than our furniture at our place. And um, and she phoned um, phoned us on Tuesday, just so gutted that they had to move out, and really upset. And and uh, and I just when you were talking about that being the caldomage, like what a hard job that would be. Like you know, like as a as a parent, you're listening to this. There's nothing I can do. Like, you want me to go and beat them up? Like, I can't. There's nothing I can do. All I can say is, "Oh, that's terrible. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry, dear. Oh, this is um, this is terrible. Oh, well, what what do you guys plan to do? Like, do you have any? Oh boy, just trying to like think of helpful advice or something. You know, you have nothing. There's nothing because all they want to do is just sort of vent to you and then go, okay, well, I gotta go now. Yeah. <laughs> so you're just so you just gotta listen and it's just say, listening mode. Yeah. Yeah. To say, oh, oh, that's terrible. Oh boy, she was. And, um, yeah, but you're just so useless. And I think if I'd had an accordion and a clown face, it would have helped more. How many places have you lived? Me? Not very many. Not very many. I've lived in... You've lived less places than Mary has so far. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Because I... Coquitlam, Delta, Cloverdale, Langley, Aldergrove, Aldergrove, six places. You live two places in Aldergrove? Yeah. Okay. Because we had the townhouse. Almost the townhouse, yeah. And then we moved to the house. So, Yeah. At six places in my oh oh sorry in Portland so seven I guess altogether hard to ah. hard to not count that one of course I was there for six months of my life yeah. Yeah, less than that actually probably four months <laughs> but a very important four four very important years I mean so much you know whenever I hear the uh, you know hooray for the red white and blue I immediately stand at attention and salute the flag mm-hmm. and of course recite the uh, pledge of allegiance drop of a hat. Yet to this day, that I learned as a four-month-old baby, I can still. It was a very different Portland back then. <laughs> it was, you know, you they weren't were, they weren't trying to bigger. burn it down. They weren't trying to burn it down in those days. No man, Ian. Right on. They didn't have like their own area that they just lit on fire over and over again. <laughs> yeah, but as a baby, you had a very a, a kind of a hipster mustache that you you know. I did. To be yeah. fair, you like yeah. drew it on. <laughs> I read a lot of uh, I read a lot of uh, Ellen Ginsberg then you know regularly. Sure. Um, my mom thought I was like crying, howling, but no, I was actually reciting "Howl" by by. Wow, Ginsburg. second time we've mentioned "Howl" so far. <laughs> I don't know. Was it on the air that we mentioned? I've the seen time? the I've seen the best podcast of my generation uh, <laughs> repeat this poem twice. <laughs> it's a great That's, poem. It's a, it's it does the job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Has anyone ever done it as a werewolf? Like it feels like that's the kind of thing they would have done on a, on a hilarious House of Frightenstein, right? It's just I don't like know if it have the Wolfman come the out and just like yeah. just go. I've seen the greatest one in a generation. <laughs> oh, you know who would have loved that? No. Ellen Ginsberg would have loved that. Mm. He would have thought that was hilarious. I think in between uh, playing his accordion and making a. Wait, was or he harmonium. a clown in France? As harmonium, well? I guess, is what he played. Harmonium. Okay, <laughs> a lot of accordion references, a lot of uh, references <laughs> to, uh, to, uh, to 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 howl. Yeah, yeah, neat. Okay, uh, so uh, uh, now's the time of the show. I'll tell you where I've been. Yeah, let's I think do this. Is, okay. I was just going to say, uh, since we got to this point, I think it's time that we uh, got to this point. Yeah. Um, 
long story short, would be a, a way to go. But uh, the, I'll I'll tempt the the very short version first, and then maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll expand on it. Uh, so uh, the long story short is uh, I I thought what it was going on was I had changed uh, blood pressure medicines. Okay. To this uh, new blood pressure medicine, and uh, I I got real uh, phlegmy. Uh, okay. To the point where I was like having trouble breathing, mm. and uh, I wasn't able to sleep for like three days, uh-huh. and uh, and because started, of the because of coughing or yeah because because of, of coughing on lying down it would just be mm. that and just like I just felt all clogged up and yeah, uh, yeah and I was like uh, well this is this is no good I got to switch switch back and made a you know a big thing to uh, uh, and, and the person who who changed me off of this was like uh, my cardiologist. Okay. You know, we were talking about different blood pressure medicines. And I was saying I was having trouble with this blood pressure medicine that I was on because I was getting dry mouth at night. And so I was getting up a lot because yeah. I was like constantly thirsty and all this. And so, oh, we'll put you on this. And uh, and so I figured that was what was, what was going on. Mm. Um, and uh, it turns out it wasn't that. It okay. turns out what had happened was the day before I switched my medicines, I went swimming. And this is my theory, and okay. it all lines up, is that uh, I, I, I took a big lungful of water. Oh. And, uh, and I thought I, like, coughed it all up. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, done and done. Mm. Uh, but I don't think I did. Okay. Because what I, it turned out was I had pneumonia. Oh. Yeah. And, uh, and what the pneumonia did was it uh, triggered uh, my AFib, which is uh, where my heart beats irregularly and can sometimes beat too fast. Yeah. And so it jacked my heart rate way up high. So, but I thought I was just having trouble with uh, with this stuff. And so yeah. uh, I, I asked to change back to my old uh, prescription. I changed back to my old prescription. And so this is all like about a four-day period. And then... I tried to sleep that night and thought, you know, I'll 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 be okay. I took some mucinex to, to try and get rid of the mucus. Yeah. And uh, and what what happened was I, I was lying down and I was crazy. I was crazy. Like hmm. uh, I kept I would I would lie down and I would just like bolt upright and I would just say to Pia, uh, I'm going to die. If I, if I, if I sleep right now, I'm going to die. I don't, I know I'm not. And she's like, you're not going to die. I was like, no, I feel like I'm going to die. And, uh, and she was like, okay, let's just try relax together. And we kept trying and through, you know, for hours, mm. I just felt like, and I, I would like stand on the bed, like just going, no, I'm going to fucking die. Like I'm, I'm, and I was just panicking. Everything in my body was on fire with panic. Yeah. And I was just literally crazy. <laughs> Things in the room didn't look like they were in the right position. Everything looked a little bit off. There was a slanted pillow that I sometimes sleep on. And uh, I saw it as a road. And it was a road that was leading to death. Hmm. And and I was like, I just feel I just feel completely crazy yeah. uh, right now. And I just kept trying to calm down. And I couldn't calm down. And uh, so she's worried about me. And, uh, you know, I, and I, I try sleeping over and over again. No dice. And I just keep bolting upright uh, with like, no, I'm going to die. Um, and then we test my uh oxygen level you know so we got one of those finger things yeah and i go that thing doesn't really work for me because of the afib uh because like the one number that's up there that tells you what your heart rate is it for me it can be like 15 it can be like 150 yeah it won't give me the right number sure but she's like oh but the other number will so so we look at that 
and it's uh, it was fluctuating between the 70s and the 80s. And it's got to be like above 92 for health. For okay. Oh, okay. So I don't really know what the numbers okay. mean. So, so my <laughs> oxygen saturation level, yeah. basically I'm suffocating. Oh. I'm, I am actually like, you know, where I'm going. So your lungs aren't processing the oxygen properly. Then. There's something that's going on. Yeah. It, basically, one of the ways that you can tell that you have COVID, and I tested for COVID earlier, mm. and I didn't have COVID, mm. or at least according to the thing. And then later I tested in the hospital, and I didn't have uh, but one of the ways you, they know that you're in trouble is your 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 oxygen levels are, are down. Yeah. And like when they go below 90, get to the fucking hospital okay. now. Okay. So I was in the 70s and it's like, that's Ooh, really, really bad. Yeah. Like I'm... I'm. So no wonder you're having hallucinations because you're... Yeah, where I'm saying like, like, I feel like I'm going to die. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm suffocating. Yeah, uh, like yeah. if, I, if I had gone to sleep then, there is a good chance that yeah. I could have died. Yeah. Uh, so... Go to go to the hospital, and uh, I've never stayed in the hospital before. Really? So like every time, yeah, every time I've gone to the hospital, uh, you know, they've they've done things to me or checked, you know, mm. whatever. I've had you know cardioversions. I've had uh, things, but I've never stayed the night. Wow. Uh, and so uh, they were like, "Yeah, we're gonna have to keep you here for a while." It's like, "What's in a while?" No, and there was, this this thus began my adventures, which is I could never get a straight answer from anybody. Yeah, and you know, there's people that would say things casually that you'll pick up on, and you'll go, "What was that that I just heard?" And so, yeah, you'll be out here in a couple of days. I'm like, first a couple of days. Yeah, oh, that's not that sounded good. And then another person saying, "You know, some people basically live in the hospital." <laughs> I'm like. Am I a person who now is going to live in the hospital? <laughs> yeah. So weird. Is this is this what's is this what's going yeah. on? So I don't know what's what. And again, no one's telling me at this point that I what what happened. It's yeah. just my heart rate's up, my oxygen is is down. Yeah. Uh, they so they put me on they put me on oxygen. They hook me up to uh, IV, the oldest thing, and I end up like you know going into this weird room with like you know a couple other people. And, uh, and, and, and I'm there for, you know, a day and a half. Uh, a lot of surreal stuff happens in there. Uh, there's like a, a, a woman who's in the bed next to me that I can't see through the curtain, but occasionally you'll see her kind of going past with her family and she's got a robot cat that, uh, Really? Or yeah. is this what you thought? No, no. She's got a robot she cat. She had a robot cat. Okay. A robot cat. Yeah. She, she had dementia. Yeah. And so they got her a robot cat. Oh. That's like kind of a stuffed cat that like moves every so often. Yeah. And does little meows and oh. what have you. And yeah. So it's weird. Yeah, it was, it was very weird. <laughs> and I'm like, was that a real cat? It's like, no, yeah. it's a robot cat. That doesn't sound right at all. But does it seem real? Yeah. It does. Real. Well, no, oh. it's, I mean, but it's surreal, but yet yeah, it seems yeah. real. Okay. Yeah, very, very weird. Uh, huh. And uh, and again, I'm getting like no information. Now, at the same time, I'm also a little bit panicked. In that I've got a writing deadline that's due the next day. Mm. That is like how I'm paying the rent. Yeah, and also it's this—it's a big job that only I know how to do. That will affect a whole company, basically. Yeah. So I'm feeling guilty about that and trying to figure out a way of doing that. Yeah. And at one point, I say like, "Could I check myself out for a day, do this, and then come back?" <laughs> and, uh, and they said no. Yeah, but they, I can say, I can, we can't stop you, they okay. said. Yeah. But yeah, then the nurse gave me a real sincere talk yeah. of just like, we're really worried about you. Okay. 
and I'm getting like again, I'm not knowing what's going on mm-hmm, here. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, fuck, there's subtext here of like how fucked up am I? What's yeah, going yeah. on? What's going on? What's going on? Yeah. And uh, then I I move to this <laughs> I move to this other room that's a nice room. I'm, sure. I'm, I'm with another fella. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's a beautiful view, which worries me because in a ho- in a hospital, if you get the good view, that's not good. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Like my my huh. my mother-in-law was uh, had respiratory problems uh, earlier this year and yeah. like, passed out at the hospital, and we were very very worried about her. Yeah, yeah. And that's she right. went from room to room, and each room was subsequently shittier. And I was like, "That's good. Okay, shittier room, shittier room, yeah, shittier yeah. room. Fuck off. That's what you want in a hospital. I guess you that's don't good. want nicer room, nicer room, nicer <laughs> room. Great view. Shit. That's <laughs> that's no good." I never had a nice view in the whole time I was there with cancer anyway. So Okay, I'm glad to Maybe hear that. Maybe that was a good... <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. I've, I've had a friend with cancer who had an amazing view. Mm. And uh, they are no longer with us. Yeah, because yeah. that's where that view huh. uh, takes place. Um, so I was there for... I'm trying to think like... Maybe maybe five days. Okay. And so every day, you know, involved... Uh, you know, uh, lights lights flicked on. What, what, what? You know, poke, poke, poke. Take take this, take blood, blood, blood. Yeah, this, yeah. that, that. Sure. Covered in tubes. Yeah. Uh, all this, all that, and just and no one's telling me yeah. much. So you had like the oxygen. I had the oxygen, and, and so I could see what my oxygen levels were. Yeah. And then they'd reduce them every day as my as they went up. Okay. To the point where yeah, by the end of it, I was I was fine on, on my own. Mm. But uh, again, just to get to long story short, uh, yeah, the in, in the end, it was that I had pneumonia that had uh, triggered uh, uh, my heart uh, okay. going too going too high. Yeah, and so they had to wait till my heart rate came down mm. on its own, and uh, and and things were clear enough to you know let me go. But I never got a full clear answer on that. I would get like rumors from. You know, the nurse would come in and just like, so, uh, you know, pneumonia, huh? And like, you tell me. <laughs> and I was like, well, I can't tell you. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's, and having, you know, and, and, and people would mention like, okay, I'm not going to say what the, what the, what the words were, but like, there was, there's a, a couple of words that were said that if you make the mistake that I did, which is looking them up online. <laughs> Uh, seems like it's very, very bad. Yeah. Uh, and what I found out was, uh, from, from one of the doctors that I was asking about it was like, you know, I, so I'm looking this up and this seems like really, really serious. And it's like, oh, anything to do with the heart is serious. Uh, Mm. but that's just a, a a term we use. Those are just words we use. Yeah. You know, so, so there's two things. There's one, you can put these words together and they refer to a broad category of things. Okay. But if you put those words together and they're a thing, yeah. then what, what they're telling you is you've got two-thirds of a chance of making it to five years and you've got a third of a chance of making it to, to ten years. Wow. Yeah. So for about a day and a half, that's what I thought. Okay. So I spent like a day and a half kind of getting my affairs in order. Yeah. I, f- I spent a day and a half thinking that I was going to die. Wow. And, and you know, there are, you know, uh, ways of, you know, there's, you know, things like you could have, you know, a transplant or something along these lines. And mm-hmm. that can maybe get you, 
you know, to, uh, f- farther along the lines. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and no one's no, no one's saying shit to me. Yeah. Uh, so I'm kind of sitting sitting with this, and I've got to find a way of like saying this to my wife, you know, in a way that's positive and that we're gonna, you know, yeah, yeah. get through this and whatever. But again, no one's telling telling me like anything anything for real. Yeah. You know, by the by the end of this, you know, I I just like ask a doctor, have I done any? Have I done permanent damage to myself? Yeah. You know, and there's not coming back from this. And it's like, oh no. Oh, okay. No, you haven't. Oh, that's good. You haven't. And I was like, because I was told I had this. Oh yeah, but that's that's the that's the term for it. Yeah. And yes, and it, again, it's just a fucking. I guess there's con- different degrees of it. No, well. there isn't actually. Oh, is that right? There's okay. just two. There's just two ways of saying it. Oh, I see. One is just like. You know, if you're, if you're, it's like almost saying like, if you're a hat wearer, you've got a year to live. If you wear a hat, well, you're fine. Okay. It's like that, (laughs) right? And I'm, and I'm, uh, I'm wearing a hat. Yeah. I had something happen that did this, but it's controllable with the, with the medicine. Mm. And so, you know, again, I got to take care of myself. I got to do things. Yeah. This is not great that this occurred. Of course. Um, but I don't have this, but I am really messed up from this uh, day and a half mm. where basically I thought, this is it. Yeah, yeah. You know, you've just gone too far and, and this is what it is. And basically I was like planning what I was going to do for the rest of my life. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and, and, and it was interesting in that, you know, at the, the bottom line, it was just like, um, mostly gratitude it was just gratitude for mm. having the life i i have you know with my my friends like you and and my wife and and what i've been able to do and yeah but you know sadness that i won't be able to do more see yes. my my niece and nephew grow up or mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. these kind of things and uh and yeah just like sitting i just spent all this time like sitting in that room looking at that view oh, God. and and i've just it's welded in my head yeah uh of like looking at those buildings and just like going okay well this is the time you've got yeah this is the time you've got during this time i also had to finish that deadline <laughs> so there was a very surreal time period there time to be funny there was a, yeah, a very, and I was like, I just want to put my brain anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And, and all I had was like an iPad and I've never really written on an iPad before. Okay. And I had to write in like final draft, which made no sense. And I had to find a way of like getting a <laughs> script out and it was so surreal. Yeah. And I'm covered in tubes. Yeah. I've yeah. got, I've got the oxygen tube. I've got a blood pressure monitor that's on my arm yeah. that randomly just starts up on me. Okay. I've got a, oh, yeah, an yeah. IV that's I got an IV that's in me. Mm-hmm. I got whatever that is. Yeah. And I had like at least one other tube that I'm trying to think of what it is, but there was something else that was like uh, sticking in me. Wow. Um, yeah. And so I'm 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 doing all this writing <laughs> with all these tubes around. Oh yeah, I, I know what it was. It was I had the finger monitor on and oh, I had okay. to like, <laughs> move the finger monitor to my pinky. Yeah. Yeah. So that I could type. Yeah. So all of these are just whipping around like I'm Doctor Octopus, <laughs> and uh, and it was it. I, I still have like kind of claustrophobic flashbacks of of, of doing that, mm. and then so that like the next the next week while I'm when I'm out, yeah, uh, and I'm talking to uh, the people about this script, <laughs> I'm just looking at the script going like I was nuts when I was writing. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is really good. I'm like, okay, fair enough. It's nice to know that I can, even at literally probably one of the darkest times of my life, you know, again, covered in tubes, Mm -hmm. you know, I was able to like pull this off 
And it was a weird thing too, because there was this other fella and, and bless him. And I'm sorry that he was going through this, but like his father was in the hospital at the time and, uh, he was giving me a runaround on this other project. And he was like, yeah, I'm in the hospital right now with my dad. But he's still trying to get me to finish this deadline that I've got to do. And I'm like, I just wanted to say, and I didn't want to tell a lot of people I was in the yeah, hospital. Yeah, yeah. But I wanted to go, I feel for you, man. But guess who else is in the hospital? <laughs> and I just wanted to take a fucking picture of myself yeah. and just go, sorry, what? <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's rough. It's rough, brah. Okay, here we go. So, uh, so, so yeah, it was, uh, it was pneumonia. It, uh, triggered, uh, some stuff. Mm. I got on medicine that has, uh, uh, you know, gotten my heart rate to where it should be. Sure. I'm on uh, infinite water pills right now as well. <laughs> uh, what are the, sorry, what are water pills? Water pills make you pee. Oh, so basically get just sodium. want to clear all the toxins and well, stuff like sodium, that. sodium, yeah. for the most oh, part. Oh, sodium, okay. Sodium, okay. so that, that helps yeah. you with your blood pressure. Okay, okay. Um, so yeah. So I'm on a whole mess of that. There was also a weird uh, period of time there where they said to me, uh, you know, we've got to, because one of the, one of the problems that I had was uh, I was not getting the liquid out of my system enough. Oh. Uh, so uh, I was getting swollen legs. Okay. Um, and so uh, to deal with that at the time, uh, they really limited the amount of liquid I could have. So I was like mm. kind of constantly thirsty yeah. when I was in there. And so I had to you know, uh, pee into this container to measure how much pee I was doing. Yeah, yeah. And I had to make sure what I was drinking. Mm. And so I was constantly thirsty as well and yeah. constantly having leg cramps, you know, adding to this, uh, to, to this, uh, yeah. to this experience. Yeah. Yeah. When I went through, um, chemo, I had to measure how much I drank and how much I peed because they, same thing, they just, it's, you have this toxin in you, so they just want yeah. you peeing as much as possible and peeing it out. So I'd have to pee into this pitcher, and quite often you just would overflow it because you'd just have so much yeah. liquid. You'd be taking in so much water and also the saline that you're on. Because you're only, when you're going through chemo, you're only on like chemo for 20 minutes a day. The rest of the time, you're just, it's just saline trying to wash it all out of you before, right. because it's so, so toxic. And so you're just constantly this giant liquid, you're just a giant water bag. Just laying in, laying in a bed, but yeah, I know. And this was, and this was the weird thing too. It's like because uh, I think it's called edema, uh, okay, where yeah. you've got the swollen ankles, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So I've had that. I've had that in the past, and so you go to a doctor and talk to them about that. Yeah, I'm getting these swollen ankles. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Well, you know, it's not that. It's not that big a deal. We'll get to you get this checked out and that checked out. And it's okay. And then I go into emergency. Yeah, and it's like you've got edema. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Well, we got to deal with that. And I'm like, oh, Jesus. Like all these things that one side said were like, you yeah, know, yeah. it's like, uh, you have AFib. It's like, yeah, I do have AFib. And I've looked into it. And uh, you tell me if I'm wrong, but like it can take two years off your life, which isn't great, but, mm. you know, there. And uh, it basically what it does is uh, it makes your risk of having a stroke about 2%. But because I'm on blood thinners, that reduces that to 1%. Mm. And it's like that. And so... I'm not horrifically worried about the one percent chance yeah. that I might have a stroke, and uh, and their thing is like, uh, yeah, but that's if you get something else like uh, like pneumonia, that can trigger that, mm-hmm. and that can jack that up, oh, okay. and now that makes that all really dangerous. Okay, I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's worth telling me. Other people have not told me this, so yeah, I'm getting yeah. from one doctor, eh. And the other doctor, huh? Yeah. And so, and and I was getting that also at the hospital. So you know, it'd be it'd be like, 
you know, they, they tell me one thing and then, uh, one, and, and also it was weird too, because there was like, uh, like a, a guy who would come in and give me an echocardiogram, yeah. which is like a, an ultrasound yeah. for your heart. Okay. And I got two of those. Uh, one, and I've had one of those before and it was, everything was fine. And, uh, the guy, uh, gave it to me and, uh, and was doing a lot of oof, mmm, huh, oof. And at the end, I asked him, like, so how's it looking? Oh, I'm not allowed to tell you. I'm just the editor. Your, <laughs> just your to... doctor will uh, let you know all that. I'm like, oh, okay. And then, you know, the doctor didn't let me know oh, any really? of that shit. Say... No. Okay. And then, and then at one point, you know, I, I'm getting, like, a second ed- echocardiogram with, like, five people around me. Yeah. But it's just because it's, like, teaching hospital. Mm, yeah, yeah. And they're all, like, going, ooh, ah, ah. <laughs> and I'm like, is that a good thing? It's just like. Yeah, the picture's really clear. Oh, it's the machine that you're like happy about. The machine's working out, you know. But I'm I'm sure if they were seeing something at that point that was looking bad, yeah, they wouldn't be like, "Nice, that is a good picture of that horrible thing. Good stuff." Yeah, yeah. You know, everyone was kind of jokey and light, and I'm mm, like, "Okay, that's a good that's sign." That's better. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. was also a weird experience, kind of being at the hospital and and feeling like. You always had to be like super friendly to everybody so that they won't let you die, you know? <laughs> like I'm just like if I'm if I'm friendly enough to everybody, they're gonna give it that a little extra goose mm. and uh, and help help me out because I, I can tell like they're being yelled at by other patients. Okay. Like I'm gonna be the patient that they like. Mm, okay. I'll try and do that's that. A diff- that's a good strategy. I was a I was a big baby. It's fine to be yeah. a big baby. I was a big baby. Yeah. I don't want to have to get out of bed. I was very very grumpy about that. Well, day day one, like I'm in I'm in this room with like these other these other people, and again the curtains don't fully close, right? There's <laughs> the, the big huge gaps yeah. that everyone's walking by. I'm like, well, that's not good. And like, uh, I I just want to get up to like you know close them, yeah. and uh, like, oh, you can't get up. <laughs> Why? Because your heart rate's at da 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 da. Oh, all right, all right. So I can't do that. And it's just like, can I use the washroom? You can't go use the washroom. Mm. Your heart rate's up. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. Well, what, what do I do? And uh, like, you pee into this. And basically, <laughs> they give the, the big kind of Gatorade bottle okay. thing. I'm like, okay. But I reiterate, yeah. how do I use this? Yeah. Especially with <laughs> the big gaps in the window here. Yeah, yeah. How, how open are we here? And I, I, I tried doing it in those weird positions. It seems more trying. stressful in your heart than uh, just going to the bathroom. Super hard. And also, I'm like wired up with all this other shit, right? Yeah, yeah. So I can't take things off. Mm. And, and you know, and then after I, I do all that, I like was saying to the nurse, you know, that was really difficult because of this, that, and the other. It's just like, uh, no, just do it normal. Like, what do you mean normal? <laughs> and then And then she let me... Uh, uh, no, just and just be careful because doing kind of weird behavior can sometimes get you put into a different ward. And I'm like, oh, oh that's nice to know. Oh. All right, good, good stuff. <laughs> so I was very aware at that point that like, okay, a, a lot of things that are being said to me and done to me here yeah. are tests to make sure that <laughs> my mental facilities are like sharp. Oh yeah, I guess they could be worried about that with their oxygen. Yeah, because like yeah. I was, yeah, I was, I was low oxygen for mm-hmm. a very lo- long period of time. And I literally was crazy when I was mm-hmm. at home with with Pia, yeah, which I really still feel bad about. And uh, and one of the things when I came home, I was actually really worried to go into the bedroom mm. because I remembered the bedroom in my crazy state. Yeah, I remembered it with things being wrong and positioned in the wrong areas, yeah, and yeah. whatnot. 
And uh, no, when I got there, it was it was, it was okay. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, I still have like some mild uh, pneumonia, like okay. as in like just recovering. Yeah, yeah. So a little bit. I've got a little bit of a cough, which is why this is why the episode is, is shorter than it normally is. Uh, I've got to rest up. I've got to just you know uh, what have you. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it was just a. It was it was a confusing. Yeah, everyone was nice, uh, but bad information. Hard to get information. <laughs> uh, a day and a half of uh, holy shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was like a surreal, surreal kind of nightmare, you know, at, at, from the beginning to in the middle in a very different, different way. And then, uh, yeah, was, that's 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 basically where I've been. <laughs> but I'm open to questions. Anything? Any questions? <laughs> well, I was, was going to say, like, so it's lucky that you talked to that doctor at the end to kind of, uh, I guess, confirm or at least have them explain to you what all the terminology yeah, i got meant. like my charts at the end yeah. explaining what it was and if i if i went just directly to the internet with that mm. again the phrase is the wrong phrase yeah 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 huh and they made a big deal of like make sure you talk to your uh, cardiologist like you know uh soon after this and it's like so yeah i call up the cardiologist and it's like okay yeah no you're all right mm. basically you know, getting not much Acting okay. them it's just yeah. like yeah you're on the right medicines mm. for all the things and so there you are there the frustrating thing right now is like uh, like almost immediately when i came back i wanted to do like a lot of exercise right like sure. you want to like get in shape yes uh of course. you know <laughs> yeah, but yeah. the it's rest up man mm. you know you you were you were you were through something uh so yeah it's that ugh, frustrating mix you know i really want to get back to swimming i really want to get back to walking i really want to get back to things being some sort of state of uh, normal and then the other weird thing is like i've got so many deadlines as well right now that don't that they don't that don't care about <laughs> yes <laughs> you know health related things yes they're not very sympathetic no those hard deadlines yeah <laughs> it's so strange because like about four years ago i started to see pictures of my friends in the hospital mm. and i actively wanted to make sure that that was not going to happen to me yeah and it was like, okay, this is where I'm going to like start doing more swimming, move more walking, eating healthier, yeah. this, that, and the other. And, you know, it's been the things that I've done that have been healthy things like, you know, going for a walk to the park. I slip, I have the concussion, and I got basically laid up for months. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in this case, I'm swimming. Yeah. You know, I'm doing laps at the pool mm. uh, and uh, choke on some water, end up in the hospital. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, get told that, uh, oh, you might die <laughs> and then get all fucked up there. And it's like, Jesus Christ, you know, this never happened with a, with a, you know, a hamburger. <laughs> it's always just, it's always the, the stuff that, you know, uh, even like breaking my hand, uh, last year. Yeah. It was yeah. like I was on the way to the pool and, uh, you know, trip on the way to the pool. <laughs> yes. Yeah. For fuck's sake. Knock it off. Like, come on. You know, let's all let's all get on board. You know, trying to get the healthy train. Yeah. <laughs> I just I didn't want to be one of those guys who's putting a picture on Facebook. You know, from the hospital bed with the thumbs up, mm. and I was just like, I don't want to be that. Don't want to be that. <laughs> I don't want to be that. Yeah, it's understandable. Yeah. But better than the thumbs down. Much better. <laughs> or the no thumbs at all. Yeah, he lost his thumbs. <laughs> what was that? Oh, that was just gambling debts. <laughs> oh, that's fine. I guess he lived his life. I guess he did. Like a candle in the wind. Part of living. Yeah. (laughs) 
But yeah, it was weird. It was weird, like staying in a hospital because I have not ever stayed in a hospital. I don't like it. No, of course you don't. You shouldn't. <laughs> Here's one of the problems: is you wake up and you're in the hospital. Yeah. Wake up like, ah, oh, where am I? Oh fuck. Yeah. yeah. Or you wake up and the guy who's in the room next to you, something bad is going down. Yeah. And the guy who was in the room next to me was having real, like I was in the acute care ward, mm. and the guy in the in the room next to me was having real respiratory problems. Okay. And was having a lot of like nurses come in uninformed as to what was going on with him. So there was a lot of like them coming in and going like, oh, ha. Ah. And I'm like, oh boy, to make a nurse go, wow, is not good. Yeah, yeah. And then I'd hear occasionally, projectile, projectile. And I'm like, oh no. So something's like coming out of him, yeah, projectile yeah. style. Yeah. I'm like, okay, oh boy, poor, poor guy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. There's a person at the gym when I go work out there. He's an older man, o- older than me. Santa? <laughs> he's, I don't think he's Santa age, but he's, he's older than me. But while he's at the gym, he, he, has like this really loud breathing that he does. And it's, you know, like he he's, goes like, <laughs> I can't do it, but he's like, makes like this noise. Like, I'll make a forward noise. He goes like, Ooh, when he's breathing, like he makes this really loud. Mm. Like I hear it through my headphones. That's how loud it is. It's weird. I'm glad he's going to the gym because obviously he needs to do something. <laughs> you got to check out. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me. That was the other thing that was the other sign that time to go to the hospital. Was uh, my oxygen levels were way down. Yeah. And my lungs were crackling like they were a fireplace. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So then you know you've got lots of fun. You know something's there. going on. Yeah, yeah. That's not uh, great. Wow. Well, it's good that you went because pneumonia, like. It is It is good. It's yeah. weird, like, because you think, oh, pneumonia. But it's actually really dangerous. Yeah. Like, really dangerous. It sounds like a musical. Oh, pneumonia. Oh, pneumonia. <laughs> well, it just seems like Kippa, it's. Kippa, Kippa, yay! <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things that is common maybe it's too common maybe and you when people say oh they had pneumonia you're like oh that's that's bad and mom uh, the thing the moms used to say was uh, put on a sweater you're gonna get pneumonia yeah and when they said that you were thinking like oh well this is pneumonia. is this like the flu oh well what, yeah what beat whoop de do but no it's really dangerous like really dangerous yeah it's so. the second time I've, I've had it the first time i had okay. it was when we were shooting um space arm oh okay yeah i was in uh, los angeles two weeks beforehand and ended up in the emergency uh, ward at Burbank Hospital. Uh, where I did have insurance. Oh, that's lucky. Because um, we we always get insurance when we cross sure, sure. the border. Uh, though, they asked me for my social insurance number or whatever their equivalent was. Social security, yeah. Social security number. And so I showed it to them and, the, and it was the wrong amount of numbers and they did not know what to do. And it was just like, you can't tell me that no Canadian has ever crossed this line, you know, This is before. Burbank. It's not really a very, you know. But in all the time, there's actors How here. many j- jokes Johnny Carson made about Burbank? Beautiful downtown Burbank. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and, and the weird thing then was uh, we had gone down there to a Buffy the Vampire Slayer party. Like there okay. was some kind of celebration. Sure. So uh, one of the things that they had there was uh, actors, as in like extras, uh, in full makeup from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, like as vampire makeup. Yeah. So as my fever is breaking <laughs> and I'm really getting into full-blown pneumonia. Yeah. By the way, we were supposed to have dinner with Forrest J. Ackerman. Okay. And uh, I was uh, too sick to do that and mm. uh, we couldn't do it. Uh, but like seeing these vampire people, what the hell? What's going on? <laughs> and then, yeah, I ended up at the emergency ward. And then while we're shooting uh space arm this uh, sitcom mm. uh space sitcom pilot uh, i'm uh, yeah i got pneumonia 
going going through that. <laughs> very very weird. But it, it like knocked me on my ass. Yeah. But I was I was still I was uh, I was much younger then. I was yeah. like twenty years younger. So oof. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't recommend ammonia. It's no good. <laughs> Never had it. Don't plan to. But if you do get it, yep. go to damn hospital and don't be a <laughs> tough guy about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have no problem going to emergency if I feel like I have Good. to. I've, you know, I used to get a thing where because because of the fact that they had to take my stomach out twice, like, you know, take all my intestines out of me and put them on a table right. and then put them back in me. So there's parts of my stomach that sometimes will, will twist and close off. Oh, wow. And okay. so food, which is going down, can't continued down it gets stuck and that's very painful because your body's like trying to keep you know the everything moving there's a word for right. it and you know so you have all these muscles are all like okay let's keep this stuff all moving through you because and then your body's like whoop we got a roadblock here but your rest other parts of your body are like keep it going keep it going so you get this incredible oh like pain gosh. and it feels like you've been poisoned is how it feels yeah and you're just like rolling around in agony and so i we go to the uh emergency and you know you're not like dying you're not bleeding you're not so this is kind of like okay just go sit in the chair for six hours and we'll see what we can get to you you know and so people coming by and ambulances go past you and things you know and so you're just there forever and then finally i would get to go in and they would just give me like morphine and that would relax my body enough that the stomach would just sort of open up again and keep it going and so that happened a few times but it hasn't happened for a long time the first time it happened i had spent like Almost, it's been like a couple hours sledgehammering. I was, yeah. trying, I was taking out a part of our foundation wall in our carport to put steps in. So I was like smashing away at this concrete forever. And, uh, and I think just doing all that kind of core work, my body, my stomach was kind of like, this is enough. <laughs> and so and that night I just went through this agony and I had to go to the hospital. And then it happened a couple of times after that. And then not ever since. So it's been okay, like, been like, probably 15 years since i last happened Good, to me. let's keep that up yeah yeah it wasn't fun at the time so i don't recommend i don't recommend it i don't recommend it. hospitals are such a weird mix to me of like the doctors have two attitudes almost simultaneously one is uh everything's serious mm-hmm. as in like hmm this could be serious you know <laughs> or this is serious like yeah. it's serious like yeah. everything there's nothing you could say to them of just like you know i'm sort of tasting orange huh all right all right, so and like they take it seriously, or uh, there's the other thing, which is everything is uh, there's nothing surprising. Mm-hmm. So like the shocking thing to you of just like yeah, I'm really bleeding a lot from this area. Like hmm, yeah. All right, so from that area, all right, it's good to know. All right, that's no big deal. And whereas like another like a normal human being, which is like whoa, really? <laughs> uh, and the other thing you know would be something that uh, you know you think would be you know, uh, nothing. Just like, oh, yeah, you're probably fine. And the doctor is like, huh, all right. Yeah. So you got some swelling there, huh? Okay. Okay, well, we can't let you go until we get rid of that swelling. Really? Because my doctor <laughs> a couple of months ago was yeah. just like, okay, so, you know, good luck with that and, uh, and try to keep, uh, we'll see you later. Bye. And it was like, what was fine at clinic is yeah, yeah. Uh, now uh, you're not going home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I suppose... It's fine if you don't have pneumonia and yeah. AFib, but now that we have all these things happening, sure, we need to take we care of all these things. We've got to find a way of getting your heart to pump the right amount of liquid yeah. out of your system. And it is, yeah, the lower part of the heart is just not pumping enough stuff, so let's 
figure out how to do that. Yeah. yeah. Like, okay. Yeah, I'm all for uh, I'm all for that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm glad you're better. I am uh, I am yeah, I'm better. Let's yeah. go with that. I didn't yeah, say right. best. I said better. And there is no real best. <laughs> Not really. Yeah. <laughs> Not at our age. No. <laughs> and even even so, I mean, I thinking back on, you know, we were talking about college and uh and uh, just thinking of how out of shape i was in college mm. just like wheezing walking up the hill to the college <laughs> itself to get to my dance class i'm just like okay that's that's always been kind of my plan was like if i got in shape later in life mm. here's here's the plan is like because i was so out of shape before yeah there's a middle ground okay where it'll feel like hey you're feeling like you used to feel sure because you know you're adjusting it that way but someone haha that was in shape when they were young oh it's never going to be better for you but <laughs> yeah the other way well that's true that's it's true. not true it's dumb <laughs> that's well, dumb mean, because you get be... uh, you get the benefits of being uh in shape like when you're young that mm. uh you know that then you've strengthened the the muscles and the bones and everything and that helps you out when you're uh, later on in life oh so, i'm sure that's true I mean, yeah i'm sure you got to build it all up uh, then it's like you got a little bank of uh, all your good bits I wasn't I wasn't bitter, but I thought it was kind of funny when I when I I keep bringing up cancer. I hate to be a cancer bore, but you're was... the only person I know who uses that <laughs> phrase. Have you ever heard anyone else use that phrase? No, I made it up. A cancer bore. So anyway, okay. Uh, before I got cancer, you know, I I worked out a lot. Like I worked out every almost every night during the week. I would do right. push ups, sit ups, weight lift weights. But three nights a week, I would go running, and I would run wind sprints i wouldn't just like jog or whatever i would do actual sprinting sure at a at a track at uh, high school so i would do a 100 yard dash 200 yard dash and then a 400 yard dash and uh and that was really like really hard to do and uh and then when i got cancer i was like what was all this work for i was <laughs> though i was putting this off but though my... you don't know like maybe that did help oh you i'm out. sure it did i'm sure my being in fit helped me a lot because you know, it's a race to the death. It's either you or the cancer. It's going to go when you're through chemo. Oh, well, this was this was two things uh, that I found uh, funny. Let's not even go. <laughs> go funny, but it was worth 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 commenting on. Yeah, was uh, was one. Uh, in both cases, they were things that my my cat, who you know has kidney disease, mm-hmm. um, uh, the the vet said to my cat that a doctor said to me. One was uh, when I was like. Uh, hooked up to uh, with all the tubes and whatever and I, uh, there was all the blinking lights and all the mm-hmm. numbers yeah and uh and the doctor said to me of course you know we treat the patient not the numbers okay and i was like the vet said that about my cat <laughs> and i'm like that's interesting yeah and then uh when i was having a conversation with uh one of the doctors about heart disease yeah and he was going oh yeah heart disease is really is really a serious thing and like uh you know, and and to be honest, that's what's going to get people. That's what's going to get people. It's like yeah. heart disease. Yeah. You know, unless something else does. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, the vet said that about the kidney disease with cats. So basically what kidney disease is to cats, yeah. which is that's what the majority of cats die of when you say they okay. die of old age. Yeah. They die of kidney disease. Okay. Uh, unless mm-hmm. something else shows up sure. and, uh, and and kills them first. Yeah. Uh, from uh, Cancer to Cars, yeah, a ki- book of depressing cat stories. <laughs> um, but it's the same thing. Well, it's with- a younger cat who's a, a, a part of the inheritance. It's usually that's, what that's does right. the older cat. Uh, but that's the same thing with people. Is like, mm. what's going to get you is going to be heart disease. Mm-hmm. 
Unless something else does. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, yeah, both of those things were things said to cats <laughs> that were said to me. Yeah. And so, yeah, when I came home, I said to a Cohen, hey, we got a couple things in common. Let me tell you what's up. I guess that's it. I mean, I guess. Something's going to get you. Something's going to get you. And the most likely cause is, as you get older is uh, heart disease. Yeah. Um, a friend of my mom's had an aneurysm and died. Oh, uh, I'm really sorry. About a month ago. And yeah, it really shook my mom up, you know. I guess because it's tough when your friends they've been friends for you know since they're in high school yeah. you know or elementary school high school so yeah it's a long time to know someone and then just to have them like pulled up this removed from your life so quickly and I think she's also struggling with you know aging and the sure. reality the realities of aging which you know she has successfully not thought about for a long time because she's been a really healthy person for a long time even though she's been a smoker most of her life she did briefly quit when the girls were younger. And then kind of went, ah, fuck it, and started again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's, um, yeah, she's had, a, like, a, been blessed health-wise. But, uh, you know, life catches up with you. This is, again, why, you know, I was, like, so excited about being part of Mad Magazine. It's like, people like Al Jaffe <laughs> and whatnot. Like, all those guys, yeah. for the most part, with the exception of if you're Wally Wood and decide to, you know, you know yeah, decide yeah. to be an alcoholic. But if you're an alcoholic or what have you. Yeah. That'll that will change the thing. Yeah, that ch- ch- twists. The but if you're not that, yeah. it feels like all those guys uh, live very long lives, mm. like surprisingly, shockingly sure. long lives. And I'm like, there's a formula here. There's something going on. There's something about like every day coming up with jokes and looking at the <laughs> funny side of things that that is something. Yeah, yeah. And then then I see you know comic book you know folks don't necessarily live a very long time. Okay. I'm like, ah, okay. So there's a stress that comes from yeah. what you guys are doing. The monthly and grind of comics. monthly grind, yeah. insecurity. Yeah. You don't own nothing. Da, 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 da. Okay, sure. all right. Sure, Yeah. It's, I mean, the it, mad, mad guys didn't own anything either, but... What's that? Mad guys didn't own anything either. Uh, but they would get royalties. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so even if you don't own the thing, yeah. you're going to get royalties on you the still have, yeah, You still yeah, have, yeah. You a, still have mm-hmm. the financial benefits and also... People don't know nothing. Yeah. It still says Al Jaffe's snappy answers to stupid yeah, questions. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And when it's being released. So to mm-hmm. the world, you know. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying the art, you know, they didn't get, they didn't get oh, the art back. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The art was put into the Gaines Museum. Right. But then you files. turn to Sergio Aragonis and go, ah, oh, it's a drag that you don't have that uh, that artwork. Yeah, but I got all this other artwork. And do you want some artwork? I'll draw you a piece of artwork. <laughs> Big, full drawing. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Super fast. You know, genius. Yeah. Boisterous yeah. laughter. It seemed crazy when Don Martin quit Mad to go to Cracked because he would get to keep his art. Mm. But you're you're Cracked now. Like whoop de do. Yeah, yeah. That's nice. Yeah. I guess it's like you like you lived in a big house with a pool in the backyard and you know and a big had a big greenhouse attached to it and all this nice stuff and then but you didn't own it so you sold it so you could live in a a smaller house down the street you know it didn't have a pool and just like a three room kind of place. Right. That's kind of what he did. Depends what but I own pri- the house. What your priorities are. <laughs> yep. And what you feel. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean I mean it was a big thing about like owning your own work, but that was that was around the time that he, he did that. Mm-hmm. That was the thing. Everyone was talking about Kirby, everyone was talking about Yeah. You know. Yeah, and Gaines wouldn't uh, budge on that. So where is that art now? I don't know. I think it's still like does it was DC, never sold. I don't does think it was, DC own it now? I guess so. Hmm. Or maybe it went with a fa- to the family. I don't I don't know what happened. Hmm. Don't know. Because... It wasn't necessarily part of ECs. I, I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. I never. Re- I, 
I've never found like a great um, like historical book about Mad Magazine. There's a few like Dick Dick Bartolo or De Bartolo, however you say his name, wrote like a you know crazy days that Mad kind of book, and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, that sounds good, but it's it's so like pictureful and like it's just so full of images and stuff yeah. that there's not that much detail. I think you got to divide it into various eras. Yeah, like the Kurtzman the Kurtzman era is so different than mm. you know what. What people think of when they think of Mad, it's weird. Yeah, it's yeah. weird to the point where where, where Mad would sometimes like reprint uh, the original. Issues they would do of, them in the super specials as like an insert. Yeah, yeah, and you go yeah. like, oh, let's take a look at what the old ones were like. What? Nothing like. <laughs> I mean, Starchy. what they were as what they were is <laughs> yeah. something, but yeah. it's absolutely not like what you expect. Yeah. And then you know, as as it went on, it became slicker, and mm. you know, for better or worse. Yeah. You know, it became slicker, and then you know. Then my weird two years or whatever uh, era on the book. <laughs> yeah. I, w- I would like to read that for your, sure. With your movie guesswork. Mm-hmm. The movie's yeah. going to have this in it. I don't know. No, maybe. <laughs> Looking back on them, it's like, yeah, that that was close. Yeah. That was pretty close. Sure. And then a lot of things I'm making fun of is like, oh, that came to, that became reality. <laughs> All right. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, I'm happy that, you know, I got like, one weird, you know, big cartoon thing about like, you know, uh, Mary Poppins at the White House and, and whatever. Like, okay. So I got some, some shots in at this era that I was in. Yeah. It's like, okay. I feel, I feel pretty good about that. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And yeah. I got to, I got to write songs, which I, I really liked. Mm-hmm. Like that. Yeah, that was, that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. I forgot about the Mary Poppins one. That was good. Good times. That's probably why I made it through the hospital because I did that. That's the uh, Mad Magazine uh, protection. That's right. That's how it works. It's a to- totem. Yeah. Just carry you, carry you for years now. I'll be long gone. You'll still be hanging around. I'm, uh, I'm one of the usual gang of idiots. <laughs> and I was till the magazine died. I killed the magazine. Eh, I'm so sorry. I'm I don't sorry, think it guys. was you. I don't. No. Nope. It'll come back in some form. Everything comes back. Mm, I guess. So speaking of things that come back, yeah, uh, I came, I came back. Were you guys like uh, still doing your questions of the week and yep, stuff like that? Yep, yep. All right, well, let's take a look and see what's what. Okay, because we're going to be uh, coming to the end a little bit uh, soon. Yep. Here. Uh, and uh, what uh, questions you asked last week? Let's see if I can read these. Probably can. I just asked one question. What's your favorite sci-fi book? I think I asked that question before one time. <laughs> just let's think. try to keep it free from <laughs> adaptations of existing IP, folks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very demanding. I just wanted. I just didn't, you know, when people go like, oh, I love uh, Alien by Ellen Dean Foster. Okay. Wait, isn't that just an <laughs> adaptation of a movie? So, yeah. Well, let me, who read the letters uh, for the last week? Oh, good for Jason. Yeah. Did Thanks great, again, did Jason, a great job. for doing that. Did a great job. He did a fantastic job, actually. I'm going to give him I am a fan of Jason. 10 out of I'm 10. Say, I'm going to yeah. tell you that much right now. That sure. guy is, uh, <laughs> that guy's all right in my book. I don't care what you say. <laughs> I did have some words before the show started. You had some firm words with him? No, I just had some complaints. I mentioned to you earlier about working with Jason. Oh, but uh, Good, yeah. good. Okay, good. Uh, just put him in the complaint box. <laughs> What's that? Looks like the toilet. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Sanborn Smith. Hi, Matthew. Says, hello, gents. My favorite science hello. fiction book is Neuromancer by William Gibson, mm. a Vancouver guy for some decades now. This is true. It is very true. Uh, Gibson wanted to write a high-definition science fiction, and boy, did he ever. <laughs> I love the complexity of his worlds and the beauty of the language, not to mention the coldness of the characters. Even though I've been reading science fiction since the early 80s, I was late to the game on Gibson. I picked up Neuromancer up in uh, 1994, 
10 years after it came out. <laughs> after reading the first page and a half, I said to myself, this is the book I've been looking for my entire life. <laughs> I hope Ian is well. I am. And I love Jason. Passing it along. I was That's disappointed that, that Jason was doing Jimmy Durante talking about hot chocolate, <laughs> and he didn't call it hot cha 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 chocolate. Oh, oh well. Jason, you missed it. You Jason! Missed it. Come on. You know what? Uh, if you contact Jason on Cameo, he will uh, he will do a little video of him <laughs> saying hot cha cha chocolate for you, and then get him to sing Inky Dinky Doo. Uh, our friend Louise. Oh, Louise uh, has some cookies for you that she put in our freezer. Thank you, Louise. So let's remember that. Thank let's you. not forget that as we have in the past. <laughs> Louise writes. Yes. I think I've uh, commented here before that my favorite sci-fi book is Dune. Uh, <laughs> it's hard to come up with a next favorite. I'll have to reread it to see if it holds up. But one novel I thought about uh, had some interesting concepts. It was Grass by Sherry S. Tepper in uh, 1989. It's about a woman uh, with an equestrian background sent to investigate a prairie-like planet that's immune from a plague which has ravaged every other world. <laughs> uh, she's asked to participate in a local traditional hunt, uh, but it's not what it seems, and she gets caught up in a complex interspecies power struggle. Struggle. Tepper was a novelist in the Margaret Atwood vein who explored themes of gender conflict and the environment. Huh. Sounds interesting, actually. Uh, Edward Dragansky has a response to this, and I'll oh, tell you okay. what it was. Dune was so popular when I was in high school that there was a Herbert, uh, Frank Herbert uh, fan club in our student body. I worked at the local uh, comics and sci-fi bookstore, Lone Star Comics, so I was kind of the club's dealer. <laughs> I knew everyone in the club but didn't join. They tried so hard to get me to read Herbert's books and join the club. What is it Groucho Marx said? I'll never join a club that would have me as a member. Uh, yeah, he also said, uh, walk without rhythm and you won't attract the worm. I believe Groucho. It wasn't that funny a line, but, you yeah. know, it was in Coconuts and Weird. it was very good. Yeah. Uh, but I knew them all anyway, and that was enough. Uh, I feel like that, that's, that saying of Groucho's is misapplied, I feel like. Oh, tell, tell me what you Well, because talking. he was referring to the fact that they were going to, to relax the rules at the Hollywood Athletic Club to allow a Jewish person in. Mm. And his feeling was, I wouldn't want to be a member. <laughs> I wouldn't, you know, his feeling, you know, the, the idea that, they were going to relax the restrictions for one person, not take away all the restrictions ah, from context, Jewish people. Then. Okay. Uh, yeah, he didn't uh, didn't think much of that. It'd be uh, what's the name of the um, the club in uh, Sherlock Holmes that his brother is a member of? That's all silent. The Di- Diogenes Diogenes yeah. Club. Yeah. Yeah. It would be funny to have that and just have like Harpo marks in the background, just sitting there, <laughs> and just just just, just walk by them. <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, the co-host of uh, Horse Mysteries uh, wrote us a letter as well. Oh, would that be uh, my wife, Lisa? Well worth uh, a listen to that podcast if you want. How much is it? Free. Just like all these podcasts. You know what's kind of uh, ironic about that is that Lisa got a really, really bad Charlie horse about two weeks ago. That oh, she's no. been really struggling with. Uh, it's taken a long time to... to uh, yeah, it's been really like oh, she's, that, that's very she's getting painful. like two hours of sleep a night because oh, no. she wakes up in absolute agony and then she has to go to sleep on the couch with a heat, heating pad on it and and you know sleep in a way she doesn't like and oh it's just been a been a nightmare so and every time you're, she's like oh it feels way better today I think I think I'm and then it's <laughs> some sort of setback and it's one of those ones that's weirdly traveling up and down your legs so sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. your knees sore one day and then your hips sore and then it's back to where it was sore before and yeah. Something great. Okay. Well, get well soon on, on that, Lisa, yes. please. Uh, 
Uh, but let's see what she has to say. Yeah. Hi there. I think my favorite sci-fi book would be The Chrysalids. I That's also a goodie. Like, what's that? That's a goodie. Yep. I also like most books by Philip K. Dick. Uh, mm. With my class, we have recently read Harrison uh, Bergerton, Bergeron. Bergeron? Bergeron. 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 Uh, sorry, I spent time in the hospital. I can't say Bergeron anymore, <laughs> uh, which I think qualifies. Mm-hmm. And I also found a new story called Test, which we liked. Right now, we are reading Flowers for Algernon. That's science fiction as well. Yeah. I suspect that I was, I think I was in uh, that play. I'm pretty sure I was. I think I was a in picture that, of me. I was in that play. You were, was I in it? I yeah, think, there's a picture of yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, you were, you were in it. Yeah, and... Uh, uh, Mark Lewis was the uh, was uh, he was El- he was the main, he main was character. Not Algernon. He was not Algernon. Algernon is a rat. But that, yeah. was ba- that was bad that they put him in the little ears. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> little Mickey Mouse Club. Yeah, yeah. I played. My his- name is Algernon. I played his father, and I oh. played it badly. Hey, my son, he's smart now. <laughs> not a dumb, dumb like me. <laughs> That's how I did it. Yeah. Like a New Jersey guy. Hey, what's wrong? Yeah. Um, Billy. Writes us and says, oh. I think Kurt Vonnegut's novel Cat's Cradle is my favorite mm. book, uh, unless Richard Adams' Watership Down counts as science fiction. Does it? I, it's been a long time since I read that book. I read it in junior high school, so I cannot okay. remember it in enough detail. The uh, rabbits were robots, right? <laughs> rabbits were, yes, they're robots. Because of a misprint. <laughs> Thank you again. Cat's Cradle is great. Also, The Sirens of Titan. Oh, nice. I love Kurt Vonnegut when he was like writing unabashedly pure, like real science fiction, mm-hmm. as opposed to the more kind of satirical stuff that he wrote later on. It's weird. You used to see him occasionally downtown because they were shooting a, a TV show of his here. Oh, Welcome to the Monkey House, which is like an anthology of yeah. his short stories. But I think he did the, yeah. um, he did the uh, kind of... Uh, you know the uh, the opening narration mm. and stuff. So he'd come out and just like, "Hi everybody, I'm Kurt Vonnegut." And I think that's how Kurt Vonnegut sounds. <laughs> I remember being in those uh, coffee achiever ads they had on TV. Yeah, remember those? I just remember because they would run during David Letterman. I, I do remember stuff. coffee yeah. achiever ads. Yeah. yeah, and he was part. Of, he was part of the oh, uh, montage of people. He was a coffee achiever. Yeah, because people drank coffee without coffee. He would never written uh, Slaughterhouse Five or any other great books he wrote. Loosely based on cocaine achiever. <laughs> Uh, it's a different level. Billy goes on to say, thank you again for the wonderful podcast. Oh, I don't think welcome. I've commented since uh, your trip to Belgium, but I've been listening all the while. Well, thank you for, thank you for checking in, Billy. Oh, very nice. I, I appreciate it because I, you know, I worry so much. <laughs> People don't, don't write. Are, are, they, are, are they okay? They can listen. Are they okay? It's all fun. I don't know what's going on. Edward Draganski is uh, not just commenting on other people's mm. letters. We're writing his own now. He's writing his own commentary as well. It's also the last one of our webpage. Okay. Which sounds good because, you know, I'm getting sleepy. (laughs) Uh, I still will go for dinner, though. Uh, The the Dedrick boys are at it again. The Dedrick boys are at it again. (laughs) And you didn't disappoint. Well, if it isn't Jason. Thanks for keeping me entertained as I worked in the yard all weekend. The weather was perfect for being outdoors with my favorite podcast. As you're well aware... I had hundreds of science fiction books at my disposal when I worked for almost three years at, say it with me, boys, Lone Star Star Comics. Comics. Who was that mass comics? (laughs) It was Lone Star. Uh, I read some of the greats when I was there. Robert Heinlein, Larry Niven, Piers Anthony, and Frederick Pohl. Uh, But one uh, book that really sticks in my memory was The Proteus Operation by James P. Hogan. I really enjoy time travel stories, and Hogan's book still resonates in my mind today. So much that I actually cast actors in my mind, as if it was a movie when I read the book. Mm. The Proteus Operation is an alternate reality where the Axis won World War II. Oh. So a covert group of scientists built a time travel device 
for a one-way trip to prevent Germany and Japan from winning the war. Hmm. Uh, the successful results of this expedition are the world we live in today. I distinctly remember how time travelers communicated their one-way messages for the future, letting the scientists know they had made it. They placed ads in random publications from the past that the future scientists knew to look up and read. I see. Clever. I think, uh, oh boy, it'd be trouble now with like the newspaper industry, huh? Little want ads in the back? Can we do that? What? No, they don't. Oh, <laughs> damn, we're screwed. There's, there are still ads in the back. Uh, I'll put some ads in the back of like Playboy magazine. What's what's with Playboy magazine? Is it around? <laughs> um, I think a, a series or film adapted from Hogan's book would be terrific, even though it has a similar uh, theme to Philip K. Dick's The Man in the High Castle. Mm. Did any of you watch that series on Amazon, David? I watched a little bit, but it, it was so uh, it was so removed from the book I loved that I I said no. And that's to be fair, the novel is probably not filmable as it, as it stands, just because it goes into such an abstract ending. But I would have preferred that. I thought it really ended badly, and I can't remember how closely it followed the book. Probably way off the rails. Ah, hell! I may just have to reread the book. <laughs> Ian, if you're reading this, I am. I hope you're feeling much better. I am. Thank you. Jason, if you're reading this, he's not. Keep up the great work. You're a natural. Much better than Ian. What the fuck? <laughs> no, wait. I, the, the last part was just in my own head. And not to be left out, Dave. Oh, me. How did it feel to have some sugar for the first time in weeks? Oh, so good. And what was it? Well, I made two pies on for Easter. I made a rhubarb. Two pie, Dedrick. Two pie, Dedrick. I made a rhubarb pie and I made a raspberry pie. And R&R. had some ice cream with that. So it was a good way to start the sugar train. And then on Sunday morning after church, I had a hot cross bun as well. If you, uh, I love those if you go online, uh, there are various places where you posted pictures of those pies. That's true. If you go to Instagram and Facebook, you'll see those pies. And yet, for some reason, you didn't post them on our site. Interesting. <laughs> or, or, yeah, not through Twitter. On, yeah, anyway. Hasta la vista, amigos. Have a great weekend and week, my fellow sneaky dragon. Amigos. Amigos. David, do we have a letter? We do have a letter. Okay. We have a letter from... Then I'll turn it over to you. From regular correspondent, Laurel Robertson. <laughs> she says, hello, David, and welcome back, Ian. Thank you. Like she knew. It is always fun when Jason Dedrick is on, and he is a super fill-in guy when need be. But Ian... You have been greatly missed. Aww. I hope you are feeling well again. I am feeling better. Thank you. You being in hospital gave us sneakers a real scare. Yes, me Thank too. You. Yes. It's one thing to, for your friend to be like, oh, he's not feeling well. But another thing to say, your friend is in the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> That's a different level of, oh, no. Uh, so thank you. So, th oh, so thank you to you, David, for scrounging up your cousin twice. <laughs> No, I don't have to scrounge him up, but yeah. We he, keep him in the closet. Yeah, so. that's right. I, he's right by. He's right nearby. And he stays pretty fresh. <laughs> and persevering with the show. Much appreciated because I look forward to it so much. And Ian, just please stay well. All right. There you go. I don't really have a good answer for this week's question. However, in episode 591, you asked which position we sleep in, stomach preferably, but often whatever the two sweet cats will allow. You also queried, isn't that a fancy word, about favorite poets, and I have to say one of mine is John Lennon. Here's the first stanza of I Sat Be Lonely. I sat be lonely down a tree, humbled, fat, and small. A little lady sing to me I couldn't see at all. 
From his In His Own Right, this poem lives in my head and regularly makes its way to the forefront because it is so delightful. Do you know it? Yes, I do. I have read uh, both his books several times. If not, I would be pleased to tap out the whole wonderful poem. <laughs> well, that is all for now. Take care, gents and sneakers. Thank you to Jason for doing the show and helping out dear David. And Ian, be especially easy on yourself. Ciao all, Laurel. So thank you, Laurel. Very nice. Very, very nice indeed. All right. Well, that covers people writing to us. Have you got a, a question? Do I, I have a question? I think no. I have one. Okay. Um, in kind of a tribute to Jason, yes, who was uh, a lovely uh, replacement for for two weeks. Mm. Um, who is your favorite? Let's go with this okay. favorite replacement, and it can be temporary or permanent. Yeah. Uh, on any like, uh, let's go uh, television show or uh, movie. Uh, series as in yeah uh replacing the darren on uh, bewitched okay uh when the dukes of hazard swapped into different uh dukes okay for for a period of time uh, it could be uh you know i mean the obvious one is the james bonds they went yeah. the, or spider-mans or what have you okay who's your favorite uh replacement uh uh performer uh who took uh someone's place in uh television or uh, film i'll also uh, accept radio okay yeah okay I don't have no answer, but that's good. Uh, you're looking at me like I should have another question. No, not necessarily. Um, uh, my question would be: I'm gonna think. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna ask an arty question. Oh, very nice. <laughs> it's kind of a weird question. Okay. But it's what? What is your favorite house style? Like, if you if you could have like your a house mm. built to your specifications, okay. what era of house would you ah. love to live in? Let us know. Uh, you can write to us. LA 1950s. Here. LA 1950s. The bungalow pool, style, a nice big pool in the background. Oh yeah, that's that's a nice one. That's a very nice style. I yep. love I love that style. I would be a little older. Maybe too much glass. Maybe a little too mm-hmm. much glass in the back. Okay, that's too trusting when the riots happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean a pool. Yes, would be so great to have. But um, I think I would be like an arts and craft guy myself, which is another LA kind of style. Okay. Yeah. Um, there are some examples of it up here in Vancouver, but we mostly tear down our past and put new things in this place, which you know. That's, you know, a problem. It's, it's what we do. It'll be, a nice, it'll be a nice city when it's finished, as they say. Everyone, you can write to us here at Sneaky Dragon. We have a website. It's called SneakyDragon.com. If you go there, you'll find spaces for your comments. Please visit and leave a, leave a comment on some of our, our, our questions this week. And if you want to be uh, private yet public, you can email us at SneakyD at SneakyDragon.com. Oh, I just want to uh, just give a quick shout out to Rich, who was kind enough to send me a online application for a social security number for the states for the united states uh which is something i thought i had to go down to bellingham to do but no he sent me an online one so thank you very much oh, rich nice. i had no idea and obviously I'm, I'm too ineffective to even know how to look for one so uh i really appreciate you doing that Did i you get to pick your own numbers lucky ones i've started filling it out i need to uh, get uh, a copy of my birth certificate from my parents because okay. they still have it I think my mom can't give it up because it has my baby feet imprinted on it. So Aww. it's uh, pretty cute. So she can still frame you for uh, She can still crime. frame you for a crime, yes. <laughs> and um, how else can you reach us? Well, we're on Facebook at Sneaky Dragon. We have a Twitter presence. Uh, apparently, I'm not too dumb to use it to post pie pictures. But anyway, it's Sneaky underscore Dragon. And uh, that's a way to do that. And also, we have a Patreon called Sneaky Dragon. True. You're welcome to go there. True. Welcome to go there and support the show if you feel our efforts are worth supporting everyone thank you 
Thank you so much. And it was great to see you today. Ian and I had a, both a little bit of a cry a when bit, we yeah. first saw each other after so long and so much worry. So it was, it was so great. Uh, I'm taking my medicine right now. Good. Right, done. I think it was just Tic Tacs, but anyway, I'll go along with it. Everyone, we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening. Bye. Really expensive Tic Tacs. Thank you.